Blog Talk Radio. At five star HVAC Hardest working man in sports radio here on that being said, it is the NFL tradition week number 10 of the 2016 NFL season. It's capping off right here at one o'clock. Like to say that, you know, Thursday night's games, they just got to get better. First of all, Cleveland Browns being on national TV at prime time. What the hell was anybody thinking? I mean, you you look at this. I mean, how were the Browns on national TV ever? Until that organization gets it right, they they stay off of national TV, in my opinion. And the, the simple fact of the matter is, it, it was uh, just a scrimmage. For the Baltimore Ravens, 28-7, to and I, I will tell you, it wasn't worth taking two seconds to watch. I didn't even watch any of the game. I didn't even go back and watch the quote-unquote highlights. NFL, you want to know why you're losing viewership? Is you put crap games like this on Thursday night. And crap games on Sunday and crap games on Monday. Now, that having been said, this week you did good for Sunday night and Monday night. So you better start using that flex for the right things. Now, the games on Thursday night can't be flexed, but Sunday night and Monday night can be, and they better start doing it. Because with the way viewership is going in the NFL, if you keep doing that, you know, Cleveland and Baltimore, you're going to get the viewership and you're going to get people complaining about it. And you're not going to get the viewership that you want in order to sell to your uh, to to your sponsors. And good God, I can't believe this. I mean, geez, does it take a guy like me to walk in there and go, wait a second, who who suggested the Cleveland and Baltimore? What has Cleveland done in the last three years to put them on a main stage week number 10 of the NFL and say, yeah, yeah, this is good. Hugh Jackson? Love Hugh Jackson, okay? Hugh Jackson has dealt a bad deal here. This is a bad football team with bad ownership, and he's a halfway decent coach. So he's getting screwed over yet again after he got screwed over in Oakland. But it, it is what it is, right? But I, I, the, the fact of the means, reason you got to look at your – company as a whole and stop making stupid mistakes i mean if it's so obvious to me it's got to be obvious to some who is who is setting up these schedules 
I want the job. I, I tell you, I'll bring the viewership back, okay? I'll put the right games there. Hire me at, at a fraction of probably whatever the hell you're paying someone over there. Good God almighty. I mean, a, a hor- horrible, horrible scheduling going on over at the NFL. And if you can't get a clue about what people want to watch, not what special interests. I mean, it's almost like, it's almost like, you know, uh, Washington, you get the special interest people in there wanting their game on. Well, your special interest groups are not helping you guys. I'm telling you that now. And that's, this becomes your own fault. This is something that you set up. This is the way you want it. And you got it. Toyota. Unbelievable. And those that don't know that phrase might not be old enough to even see, remember the commercial. But, God. Anyway, I, I, can't, I can't talk to, to, about too much stupidity like that. It'll give me a headache. And, and, and they deserve it. They deserve every ounce of criticism that they're getting. And it's all on them. And, but, Everybody's want to know. I mean, if you were dumb enough to pick the Cleveland Browns against the Cleveland uh, the Cleveland Browns against Baltimore Ravens, then then you deserve to lose your money too. But Chicago on Monday Night Football, yeah, it twice. I mean, it's bad enough. I mean, come on, what are you watching anyway? All right, all right, enough of that. We are here um on the Couch Potato Sports Show. By the way, um. I'm feeling pretty bad today uh, about my Rowlett Eagles. We do the radio play-by-play for the Rowlett Eagles varsity football team. And, I, you know, I, I physically woke up drained, emotionally drained about football. My Rowlett Eagles uh, suffered the loss 27-20 to 20 yesterday over at Echoes Field over in Coppell, Texas. Those that are listening here in my locals know what I'm talking about. And, and, and my heart is heavy. I, you know, I never, I guess I never really, in, as far as sports are concerned, uh, know what heartbreak is. That was heartbreaking. And unfortunately, the Raleigh Eagles out in the first round of the 2016 Texas State playoffs. But it was a nice one, 9-1 out on the season. 9-2 total out of the 11 games, kind of respectful. But they could have beat that team yesterday. <laughs> Just could have, should have. Could have, would have, should have. But it, it, it sits here as uh, the Eagles are at home. But that having been said, just to get off of football just for a moment, the Rowlett Eagles varsity basketball team is going to be starting up here. We're going to um, – we're going to pick and choose some games before our regular schedule, which is January, okay? And I will let people know on the Rowlett page when we'll be doing uh, some of the games. Uh, picking and choosing uh, as far as the regular schedule, not the tournaments, because the tournaments, I, it will all depend upon when they're playing, what day, and time, as far as because, you know, Sunny's still uh, – carries the job. So um, if I can get, if they do it on a day where I'm off and the time, or I can get the time off, I'll do it. If I can't, I won't. And there's nothing I can do about it. That's why we never promise any basketball games before January. 
The Curtis Call World Classic uh, takes place here soon as well for the basketball team, so we'll try to cover that as well as the the Allen Holiday uh, Classic that they have, the In-N-Out Burger Holiday Classic that they always have over there. So that's what we're going to be doing. So, again, you can get the updates in all of the Rowlett pages on Facebook of what I'll be doing, especially on the Rowlett Texas one. You might have to scroll down. So try a different one if you can't find it. I mean, lots of people post up on that page. So uh, if you want to know what the couch potatoes, check the other one. And heck, even Garland, uh, I post in Garland because they asked me to post in there, which was thank you, by the way, Garland. I appreciate that. The Garland Facebook page, Garland, Texas. They asked me. I didn't ask them. So, I, you know, I feel privileged and uh, feel honored that they would want to know when the Eagles are playing and things of that sort because they play a lot of uh, Garland teams as well. So it's probably in conjunction with that more so than me or the Eagles. It just gives someone an outlet to listen. Uh, so we do that. And we're going to be bringing those games to you here. And I, quite frankly, looking forward to it. I love, I love basketball. So we're going to be looking, and hopefully something will come good from that. We're going to get that all squared away. So we're here in week number 10 of the NFL. What do you think of the NFL right now? I, I think I, I think I know what has happened here. Everybody was talking about the product not being so good. I think it took a little bit longer for the teams and the players to get up on the same page and be – true to form of what it's all about. But then again, November and December is all about football. Your team is really defined. It doesn't really, frankly, if you're seven and one right now, if you're the Patriots, you know, now that's a bad example because they're always good. So let's go to Oakland. Okay. (laughs) Oakland seven and two. Okay. All right. Seven and one Dallas Cowboys, six and three Atlanta Falcons. Uh, If you can prove yourself, through November and December, that's when you define yourself as a football team in reality, right? Take a look back. Look at the New York Giants, what they did in the second half of the football season, got the momentum going to the playoffs, so you win the Super Bowl. Look what the Carolina Panthers did when they went on that eight-game rip, and then last year, even at, at the end of the year as well. Look, at, your team is defined by November and December, a lot of times December, but November starts it up. Because here we are in week number 10 of the NFL, and if your team is not primed and ready to go, we know who's good, who's not. And that includes you, Carolina Panthers. You're not good right now. Three and five? Okay, you won two in a row. Maybe, are you going to start that crap again where you're going to go win eight eight in a row? We'll find out. If the Carolina Panthers are the Super Bowl team that they were last year, this year, uh, it'll start working out. Now, they start a little bit early as they get on a two-game winning streak. So that is huge, okay? But teams that are no good, we know who you are. San Francisco, Los Angeles, Rams. You're not very good. Arizona Cardinals. That is a shocker on a lot of people. Will they turn it around? The three and five. Hey, let's go back to old Cardinals days, back in the you know the nineties, the late nineties, two thousand. And even to a certain extent to the 2010 season. Yeah, let's go back to that. Arizona Cardinal fans, you got a taste of what fun and winning is all about. Now they're going back to the old Cardinals. Come on, guys. Come on. 
this is not coaching. This is, or maybe it is. We don't necessarily know what's going on in Arizona, why that team is playing so bad. The Arizona Cardinals are very much of a disappointment this season. And and that being said, in a division where they have an opportunity to play and play well. uh, Seattle, depending upon who they're going to play, you you got to be you got to be good. Now Arizona ends up with a tie. Good God, good God, good God. guys. Six to six is really. You're right there with Seattle with a tie. Oh, good God! So we also know who who else is the Chicago Bears. We know you're no good. The Detroit Lions are they fooling a lot of people? I don't think so. But they're five and four. They're second in the NFC North. Are they fooling anybody? Are the Eagles any good? Are the Redskins any good? Are the Giants really any good? Or are the Dallas Cowboys just far ahead now? See, the Dallas Cowboys, and I'm going to talk about them, obviously, because they're my lokes here. The Dallas Cowboys got to prove to me that they're this 7-1 football team, and it starts in November. It really does. Nice victory last week. Without question, seven game winning streak. God, I can't, I can't even. I don't even want to go look. I don't want to <laughs> hear me. I really, honestly think what my thinking and my feelings are. Jinx the team. I, you know, I got a real high opinion about myself. Um, no, but I don't. I don't want to mess it. I don't want to even start thinking about that. Your Dallas Cowboys won seven games in a row. I'm no Dallas Cowboys fan, but man, if you're a Dallas Cowboy fan, you got to be feeling really, really good here on a Sunday morning. Really, really good. But they got a test today. We'll talk about that game a little bit later, though. But San Diego Chargers, they're on the verge of being good, but they're not. They're 4-5. Maybe they can come back storming. Guys, we are in week 10. Most teams have six more games to go. Some seven, okay? But most have six. Now, the Chargers, they have seven. Most of the teams have seven games to go. But on the bye this week, well, well, hold on, let me finish. The Jacksonville Jaguars, we know you're no good. The Titans, you want to be good. The Colts, they want to be good. They're not good teams. They're, they're just not. One, one team's getting out of that division, folks. It's just the way it looks now. Now, are the Pittsburgh Steelers a good football team? Big Ben being on a couple games, that really hurts this team. And that, that right there tells you the importance of the quarterback for a, fo- for a football team, right? But the Baltimore Ravens, listen, there's no team in the AFC North that is normally a good football standings. Uh, it, it, they're no good. They're not good. Baltimore's five and four. By the way, Baltimore should be a lot better. Now they're putting it together, and the second half will definitely really, you know, prove something in my eyes. All right, and the AFC North, you know, the Jets we know are not good. Oh, good God, they're bad Almighty. Um, the Buffalo Bills and Dolphins—they're not good football teams at all. So, so we know who's good, and we know who's not good. And and I don't know. I, I, I look at a lot of teams and I look at a lot of games and, and I watch where they are. So we're in week number 10, okay, where Buffalo 
Indianapolis, Detroit, and Oakland are on the bye. Oakland being on the bye is good. The rest of those teams, they need to be in action, folks. Buffalo, Detroit, and Indianapolis. Now, Indianapolis got the win last week. Buffalo has lost three in a row. And Buffalo, Buffalo needs, needs to be on the bye like they need a hole in the head. They need to be out there, and they got to figure out what's going on in reality because that, that's, that's horrible. And the Oakland Raiders, they're on the bye. They've won three games in a row. It's, it's a good one for them to go into. Indianapolis, I, even though they're on the bye and they won last week, I think they need to be out on the field. They need to gain the momentum instead of taking the break after getting that victory last week. So that's just the kind of way I'm looking at a lot of things. Like the, like what's going on in the NFL now as it gets to the point. that People who have complained about the NFL are going to – I, they're going to, if they turned it off and said, I'm not watching, this is the time for you to turn it back on. Week number 10 is the time. Don't, don't fool anybody here about, you know, trying to be tough and say, hey, I'm not going to, you're going to be sucked back into it because these games this week, and, and especially with some of the games that are going on today, Kansas City and Carolina, a, a, a huge implications in that game. Houston takes on Jacksonville. They're no good, but man, Houston needs that victory. Denver and New Orleans, New Orleans needs to win, and so does Denver. The Rams and Jets, that, that's a throwaway game. But Atlanta and Philly, are they really good football teams? We're going to find out. Chicago and Tampa Bay, throwaway game. Green Bay, Tennessee, Tennessee needs that victory. Green Bay definitely get, needs the victory. Minnesota needs to take the step forward, but they take on the Washington Redskins. That's going to be a tough game. Miami and San Diego is an interesting game as far as San Diego is concerned. And San Francisco, Arizona's throwaway game, that, that should not have been a throwaway game. It's an important game within the division if Arizona can start winning football games, but they won't. They'll drop some, and they'll go back to the cardiac cards of the uh, 2000s and the 90s. So you can throw, throw those away. But Seattle and New England is a hot mecca of a game on Sunday Night Football. I'm telling you right now, the, the ratings will be outstanding in that game, and they'll hopefully get back to what everybody's complaining about. Now, I'm not a big fan of the New York Giants, but Cincinnati and New York on Monday night is an important game for both of these football teams. So the timing of the teams where they're not playing well, and of course we're talking about Cincinnati, they're 3-4-1. and one. God, I hate the one. Um, they're 3-4-1, and one, and they desperately – need this victory on a football team that was had some people had the the Bengals in the AFC championship game and the Giants they have to fight and I mean fight to stay within striking distance of the uh, Dallas Cowboys who are seven and one and the New York Giants are five and three. Oh, oh but somebody didn't forget about the Dallas Cowboys they are in a tough game too and, and the main reason, the Steelers, they have the Steelers today in Pittsburgh. Folks, expect them to lose the game. I, I'm not trying to be a hater here. Don't get me wrong. I, it, Sonny has been <laughs> unfairly, by the way, 
been accused of you know being a hater of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm, I, I promise you, I'm not being a hater today. But here's here's my take on that game. Just really quick before we'll jump into that game a little bit later on in the show. The Dallas Cowboys don't need this game. Especially if the Giants lose. If the Giants lose, they really don't need this game. Uh, but the Giants are on Monday night. So the Dallas Cowboys have a little bit of urgency. Not much, but a little bit of urgency in today's game. Because if they lose this game, they'll drop to 7-2 and two and leave the door open for the New York Giants to become 6-4. and four. Or six and three, so it's it's an important game, but it, it's not gonna it's not gonna be the you know end of the world if the Dallas Cowboys lose this game and expect them to lose the game, folks. And not because I'm a hater, but it's because the Pittsburgh Steelers are four and four in the season. They have lost three games in a row. They are playing at Heinz Field. This is a pissed off football team, folks. And I'm going to tell you right now, you don't want to run into. The Pittsburgh Steelers pissed off. You just don't. So where all that comes from, you you can go ahead and feel comfortable if you're the Dallas Cowboys, I think. And, and when have we ever said that about the Dallas Cowboys being ever being ever being comfortable? It's okay for you to lose today. But don't make it a habit in the rest of the month of November and starting in December. Don't do it. Because that's going to kill you. Week number 10, important part of the season for any NFL football team. Let's roll over the standings before we go into our first break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Let's start in the AFC East where the Patriots have a stranglehold on that division because the Dolphins, Bills, and Jets just cannot – they can't decide if they're going to win. Except Miami. They've won three games in a row. Uh, You know, not that they're a good football team. Uh, Good God. Just because you win three games in a row means that you got turkey, okay, in November. Congratulations. Turkey is a bowling term for folks that don't know what I'm talking about. So you got turkey going into today's game. So you better be ready. And you better win that game, by the way. Because I'm not saying New England is great, but if New England loses against Seattle, that's not going to hurt them. But it will be great for Miami, especially if they get a four-game winning streak. The rest of these teams in this division, you know, Miami is 4-4, four and four, Buffalo 4-5, four and 3-6 and six for the New York Jets. And, and the one that I'm most disappointed about is the Jets. Buffalo, Buffalo disappointed me when they didn't hire the right coach, and the Jets got the coach that they should have got, which is the defensive coordinator that came from Arizona. His name's something in my mind. Always does until I see it. But really, one team out of the AFC uh, East. So the champions are going to make the playoffs. That's it. Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. Are they any good? We know the Browns aren't at 0-10. God. God. It's just bad. Uh, Ravens five and four. They have the uh, the lead in that division. They hold the top spot. A two game winning streak definitely helps them, along with a three game losing streak for the since uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers in second, four and four, three and four for the Cincinnati Bengals. Zero and ten for the Browns. God, and that's over in the AFC North. AFC South, an interesting division, by the way. Five and three, Houston. Indianapolis Colts four and five. They're they're on the comeback. They've they've won the game 
<laughs> so they're going to come back. Watch out. Andrew Luck, watch out. Uh, the Titans, four and five. And then the Jacksonville Jaguars, three-game uh, three losing skid. They're on, a, they're on a negative turkey. That means you get the turkey without the skin. Ugh. Bad, bad, bad. Two and six, horrible. AFC West, Oakland Raiders. Now, this, this one here, man, it, I want to tell you right now, they're on a three-game winning streak, and they're holding the game win over the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Chiefs are right behind them with a four-game winning streak on the line. So they were two and two, and then they just ripped off four of them. Six and two are the Kansas City Chiefs behind the seven and two Oakland Raiders. Denver Broncos six and three, and the San Diego Chargers. San Diego's not as bad as they are. They got to close out games in the fourth quarter. Just can't let things like that get by. Of course, they got the win last week. Congratulations. Hold them on. They've held off two fourth quarter comebacks. So, you know, I, I got to give them credit. In the in last three games, they're 2-1 they're in the last three games. So, but their conference record is horrible. They're 3-4, and four and <laughs> Oakland's 5-1. and 5-2 um, and two are the uh, Chiefs. So, uh, that division, they, they got to start winning football games because it's going to go head-to-head right there in the conference, and they're not going to have a chance. So they got to win games within conference and the rest of the season if they're going to make it San Diego. Let's head on over to the NFC North, five and three Minnesota Vikings, five and four Detroit Lions. One team coming out of this division. By the way, two teams might come out of the AFC West. Only one team coming out of the South. Maybe two teams, one out of the North and one out of the West. That's my prediction anyway. Back to Minnesota, five and three, and the NFC North. Detroit Lions, 5-4. and four. Are they for real? I don't know. Minnesota's lost three games in a row. North Turner says, I'm out of here, guys. Smart move, by the way. He's going to get a head coaching job next year. He's just going to chill. He's just going to scout, make it look like he's doing something. <laughs> August, you see, he's got a 10-month layoff that he's going to go. This guy's going to be head coach next, next year. You watch. And the Green Bay Packers, 4-4, four four, they have got to figure out what the hell is going on up there. I, I know what the problem is, is their secondary and their defense. Their secondary is probably one of the things that are making life difficult for the Green Bay Packers this year. And the Chicago Bears, 2-6, and six, out of it. Atlanta, 6-3, and three, are they for real? We'll find out. But they're six and three. New Orleans Saints four and four, three and five. Tampa Bay Buccaneers three and five. Carolina Panthers. But Carolina Panthers won two games in a row. Will they start to rip? I don't know. And the rip in a good way, like they've done before. Some football team that knows how to win when there's nothing to lose, and it makes a big difference. And then once it's, you know, once they figure out how to win when there's nothing to lose, they learn how to win when there's something to lose when they start getting to a point in the winning streak that it makes a difference. So, yeah, watch out for them. Uh, NFC West, Seattle, 5-2. and two. Arizona Cardinals, 3-4-1. and four and one. By the way, 5-2-1 and two, one for Seattle. Good God. Um, uh, Rams, 3-5. Uh, and five, and San Francisco, 49ers, 1-7. They're just a horrible football team. 
I got my feelings on this, but you know, I, I, I'm going to say my feelings, and I know I'm going to get ripped for him. You know, so I, I know Cuervo, <laughs> Cuervo because Sonny, man, Sonny gets ripped every time he opens his mouth. San Francisco 49ers would have been a better football team if they weren't so stupid. I, I, you know, I'm sorry. I've watched Blaine Gabbard many years for the Jacksonville Jaguars out of Missouri. And you can't. You can't. I, I don't I don't give a rat's what they're doing in practice. When you got Blaine Gabbard and Ka- Colin Kaepernick, and, and it, it took away from the psyche of this football team to start it off. So you put in Blaine Gabbard where they don't win, so the team gets negative all the, automatically. There's no question that Colin Kaepernick is a better quarterback than, than Blaine Gabbard. None. And they dropped the ball, folks. That's just what it boils down to. They dropped. They're the ones that dropped the ball. And in the East... NFC East, your Dallas Cowboys seven and one, Giants five and three, four and three for the Redskins, and four and four for the Philadelphia Eagles. One team coming out of the East, okay? One team coming out of the North. Two teams may come out of the South if New Orleans figures out how to win football games. They've won two in a row. And Carolina, if they get something going, and only one. So there, there could be three teams. From one division in the NFC this year, like the AFC North a couple of years back when they had three teams, it could happen. We don't know. So that having been said, that's what's going on here. And that's what has the uh, teams all up and ready to go. So let's do this. Let's take a quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We are going to do that. When we come back, we'll talk about some of the NFL news. We'll get into the games. I'm flying solo. Uh, Cuervo's going to call in for a couple of minutes. He doesn't have a lot of time today as he is out on assignment. You know, he is um, he is one of our men in blue, actually. Uh, he's, he is, uh, he's a Marine, so I don't know if they call them men in blue, but he's a military man, and he's on assignment for this week. Not by a long assignment, but... Uh, to take away from the Sunday. So he said he might have some time to give us a call. We'll find out. So we'll do that. We're going to take a quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We'll come back. We'll talk about some of the NFL news that is out there. And then after that, we'll talk. start the second hour talking about the games, all the games that are happening here today, and we'll get some predictions on Monday. So we'll take a quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We'll be right back. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors. Proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. If you're like me, you want your hot coffee in the morning. But as it's getting closer to summer and getting hotter outside, you'll want something more refreshing and cold. With a surefire menu of cold drinks, Scooters is sure to satisfy. Whether it's iced coffees, blenders, smoothies, or even cold tea, check out Scooters Coffee located at Rowlett Road in the 66 with a convenient drive through so you're sure to get in and out real quick and on to your business. That's Scooters Coffee located in the Timberlake Shopping Center in Rowlett. Let Spirit Outfitters be your home for any of your specialty needs. Spirit Outfitters can do it all. Whether it's screen printing, custom apparel, spirit gifts, or embroidery, Spirit Outfitters has you covered. 
Need personalized apparel? We can do that. Want something just for you? We can do that also. Spirit Outfitters will let your imaginations run wild. Give them a call at 972-412-3440 or visit their showroom at 3538 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 101 in Rowlett. Or check them out on the web as well at thespiritoutfitters.com. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your at Eagles, letting you know about Palio's Italian Restaurant, located at Del Rock in the 66. Make sure you get the opportunity to taste the Palio's Gourmet Pizza on their Facebook. There are many opportunities to find out about getting a free pizza or just take a taste of some of the other Italian plates that they have. That's Palio's Pizza, located at 6702 Doll Rock Road, number 122, or give them a call at 214-703-9711. At Five Star HVAC Contractors, we know how important it is to be comfortable in your own home. That's why we make it a priority to get your air conditioner or heater running quickly and efficiently. We know what it takes to keep you comfortable this summer season. So now's the time to get a full AC tune-up. Call us today for a $45 service call to have a qualified technician come to your home. Also, new complete systems installed with zero down and zero interest for 12 months. No minimum monthly payment. So give us a call at 5 Star HVAC Contractors at 214-457-8441. That's 214-457-8441. And tell them Sonny sent you. And welcome back into the Couch Potato Sports Show. It's me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio. Talking about the NFL Week number 10 here on that being said, our weekly tradition. As it's been a, a, an interesting season this year. Taking the games, they haven't been easy. And I'm now, just now, getting to the point where I'm getting good. Had a great week last night. Oh, we missed three games last week. So, learning and learning, and sometimes, yeah, staying away from the heart pick. You know, everybody has that heart pick where where you make a mistake, a big one, but or you have one stat that says, "Oh yeah, that's it." Sometimes you got to get away from that. By the way, just let everybody know. The New York Jets have thrown in the towel, a boxing reference here, thrown in the towel on the season as they're going to go ahead. They're going to start Bryce Petty at the quarterback position. Uh, so the Bryce Petty experiment for the next game, for the rest of the season, really is in reality what's up for grabs here. Can he turn, can he be one of those rookies that have played well? This is not good. This is not when you throw the rook. I, I, I want to tell you because you get the opportunity for your 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 rookies to be good. You get an opportunity for them to be. But 
that having you get to see them through the first game where all the teams are not there. So if you get some, you know, who is it? Dak Prescott, um, Carson Wentz. You get some of these guys who have some talent, and then they can build up their confidence against NFL speed. And as the season goes on, it speeds up. They can keep up with it instead of being thrown to the wolves. Now that being said, they're only being thrown to the wolves to the LA Rams. So. Yo, Petty has a chance to get a victory. We'll talk about that game. So uh, look out for that. By the way, just to let you know, um, you know, when when you do the show solo, sometimes you don't get the opportunity to have your coffee. And folks, you know, it, it, that's why pretty much. My wife says you you have co-hosts just so you can drink coffee. It's not true. I love Cuervo, but I do get the opportunity to drink my coffee. So, by the way, and since I've got my lokes here, you know, I was reading this stupid. I mean, and this is this is how stupid the media either a thinks that the people who are just regular folks are, or they don't use their brains. And here is the headline: this comes out. It says, "Is a healthy Romo better than a young Prescott?" Oh, to try to stir. I don't know if they're trying to stir the pot, trying to make everybody better. Of course, Romo is better than Dak Prescott. Guys, this is this is not the question here. And the fans are not stupid. Okay, as much as they want, as much as some of the Dallas Cowboy fans are, but I think a majority are smart. And I think a majority of them, if they really honestly, instead of having their heart broken many years by by Tony Romo and seeing what's happening with Dak Prescott. I think if they're really, 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 and I mean really, honest with themselves, they would admit that Tony Romo is a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. Now, I'm telling you he is. I don't feel that way. He is. But does that mean Tony Romo walks right in there and just as the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys? The answer to that has to be hell no. If you're, first of all, if you're a Dallas Cowboy fan, but I'm, I'm talking about the Dallas Cowboys front office. I get the fact that they get into a love affair with certain players. Believe me, we've gone through that. We've watched through the years. We also watched them make horrible decisions on guys giving them a second chance, whatever the case may be. But if they're in love with you, boy, that love affair lasts forever. And Dak Prescott is just the woman on the side. Sorry, that is what it is. The only problem is right now, sometimes the woman on the side, okay, has just a little more to offer than the other way around. Dak Prescott is not the better quarterback, but you don't take Dak Prescott out of your starting lineup when your team is 7-1. and one. I don't give a rat's big fat butt how great Tony Romo is right now. See, this is a case where you, you have made mistakes in the past, I, a.k.a. Tony Romo, okay, that breaks the hearts of this football team. Forget the fans. Take the fans completely out of it. The fans are irrelevant, but what you have done 
as far as being a guy to this football organization, breaking their hearts, losing games, throwing bad passes. Then you get Dak Prescott who doesn't do that. It's like, it, like I said, it's like your woman on Dak Prescott's the woman on the side right now. She's just got better qualities than than your than your old lady right now. And, and I'm sorry, Tony Romo's the old lady of the relationship, and Dak Prescott's that exciting guy, that new guy that doesn't screw up, and you're you're, you're in love with him. And, and I'm sorry to make it the reference to it being the girlfriend on the side, but guess what? Sooner or later, depending on how much money that you have, the girl on the side becomes the main stage. And, and I'm going to tell you right now, that's what's happening in Dallas. And right now, first of all, if the Dallas Cowboys decide to put Tony Romo in at starting quarterback is good. First of all, now this is where the fans make the, the fans will be up. Roared. They're seven and one for God's sake. They should be eight. No, if it wasn't for Williams, not getting out of bounds and letting Dan Bailey try to tie that game in week number one, they should be eight. No, quite possibly. But, <laughs> but you want to bring in Tony Romo, the Romo coaster himself. You, you can't, if you are going to do something that stupid, you deserve what you get, okay? And coming into part, and I get what's happening here, and I admit, if you listen to the top of the show, the simple fact of the matter is November, December are really, really hard months for this football team, and we know what Tony Romo can do in November and December. But same time, you've got to keep what's chugging away. And they've got that tough one today. That Pittsburgh, folks, be ready for them to lose. I'm telling you, I'm not just because I'm a hater. I've been accused of being a Dallas Cowboy hater. I'm telling you right now, they're 7-1. and one. They're on a seven-game winning streak going to Pittsburgh against the team who has lost four in a row playing at Heinz Field and are pissed off. Guys, I, I, I'm not a Dallas Cowboy fan. And I'm, I'm not a hater. I'm a cowboy realist, okay? If they lose this game, don't lose any sleep over it. If Dak Prescott has a horrible outing, don't start calling for Tony Romo right now. However, the, the, the importance of this game for the Dallas Cowboys is if, if they do lose this game and the New York Giants can figure out how to win on Monday night, that could be a problem because then we're, we're talking about just, you know, a game – New York quite possibly can beat Cincinnati on Monday night. And we already looked at the standings. The Dallas Cowboys stay in the seven and two. And watching the New York Giants move move up to six and two, okay, that two games, especially in November and December, don't mean anything. It, it's only good for two weeks in reality, unless you can figure out how to keep winning, and then that two weeks keeps getting stalled off until the end of the season. But that having been said, the Dallas Cowboys definitely have got to come into this game and get this victory. I don't know how it's going to happen. And it's not because I don't think they're good enough. It's just because of the fact that you just look at what's on the other side. So I like what's going on for the Dallas Cowboys up to this point. Seven and one, like I said, should be eight and no. His wide receiver hurting. And I'm talking about Dak Prescott. But right now, the chick on the side is more exciting than the old ball and chain, the old lady at home. So you just keep it that way until you get caught. 
and that is a two-game losing streak, and then everybody will start talking about Tony Romo starting back up, especially at this time of the year. And I don't know if they'll be right or wrong, but I will tell you is that you don't mess with it. You do not mess with a winning streak. That's number one. And number two, you got to give the kid an opportunity to lose against a good football team and say whatever you want about the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's a football team that knows how to win games sometimes, especially at Hines Field in Pittsburgh. Now, if this game is that if this game is right here in Dallas, I would say yeah. Then 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 you could be pissed off about the loss. But going into Pittsburgh, I don't think this is a game that you looked at the schedule at the beginning of the season and said, "Oh yeah. Yeah, that's a win." You didn't. So, as I said, hey, but it, it, it'll be interesting. By the way, just some other news that are out there. <laughs> the Jets have thrown in the, the, the proverbial towel as they're going to start Bryce Petty at the quarterback position. They do get the win, so at least it's not like a, a New England Patriots that they're going to put him in where he's going to get socked in the mouth all day long. Now, he may get socked in the mouth all day long. The Rams got a pretty damn good defense. Uh, but they're just not a good football team. So, by the way, I was asked about the apology that uh, Carpenter's wife gave, you know, to Sherman and stuff. I'm not, I'm not, I just let everybody know I'm not talking about it. Richard Sherman doesn't, that's not football, so we're staying away from it. All right. So, the Vikings having a tough time. And uh, their cornerback is not going to be playing in this game. Mutterin is out for the game against the Redskins. That can't help also when you lose North Turner. Can't help things that are going on over there. By the way, Kelsey was fine. Uh, the guy who caught the pass in Kansas City. And uh, he was fined $24,309 by the NFL on Friday after he protested a non-call by mocking and chucking a towel towards an official and then being ejected. By the way, folks, you know, I I, 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 I got to figure out how to say this without saying, who gives a rat's ass? Okay, you might got these are referees making bad calls, and that was a bad call. And by the way, what, what's the significance of $309? Why couldn't it be just $24,000? What, what is the significance of the $309? It's disgusting. Matthews, Tyler, uh, the, uh, Clay Matthews of the Pittsburgh, uh, of the uh, Green Bay Packers. Going to miss the Titans game. So watch out for that. Richard Sherman, by the way, was fined by the NFL for an unnecessary roughness call on the Buffalo kicker, Dan Carpenter. So, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. You know, he had his hand on the ball. See, there's a picture with his hand on the ball. I, I really, and we go back to the fact, does anybody really care about kickers? No, we don't care about, the reason why we don't care about kickers is because they're irrelevant to the game, except when the game's on the line, then they become the goat. 
So, by the way, Tony Romo is practicing. Uh, his status is up in the air, but it's straight, just really simple. He's not going to play this week. He needs to be 100% before they decide that they're going to do something like this instead of at 80. This guy needs to be a full 100%, so keep him out there. And by the way, Mike Schlerler and Mike Golick, okay, I, you know, I don't listen to a lot of ESPN, okay, because I, I hate the sucking up to the NFL that they do. However, that haven't been said. These two are these these two have just lost it, and, and I'm going to tell you reason why. I've been known to be called a stick in the mud when it comes to drugs. <laughs> oh, I'm just I'm just a goody two shoes. Listen, folks. Okay, marijuana is illegal. Okay, in most states in this country, still. Okay, yeah, there are a few out there. Okay, but guess what? The majority of the states has marijuana illegal. So simple fact of the matter is, should the NFL take the marijuana off the banned substance list? Of course not. What does, that t- what does that tell you about the NFL that they won't require their people, their players, their employees, and everybody involved with the NFL, that they won't? Abide by the laws of the land, the majority. Okay, all right, you go to Colorado. You can puff it up before a game if you want to go and do that against the Broncos. Come on, guys. The stupidity in that statement is just ridiculous. How do you expect a billion-dollar industry such as the NFL say, oh, yeah, we should just ignore the law in most of the states of this country? Oh, and by the way, in some of the uh, states where our teams play. Get Get the hell out of here. Now, it, you know, and it's the reason why I don't listen to ESPN. By the way, this was outside the lines for ESPN to be talking about illegal drugs saying hey, they should take it off the list. That, that one's a tough one. You know. And if they didn't, if they didn't get a call from the NFL about that segment, I'm going to tell you right now, I'd be shocked. So Mike Gullick, they, they say that they should change the stands on. No, they shouldn't. As soon as it becomes legal throughout this country, that if, if they're going to still do it, that's when they do it. They don't do it when it's still legal in most of the states around the country. How stupid can you be? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I get it. I understand. Listen, listen. I know one of the closest people in my life has been smoking marijuana for 35 freaking years. I get it. It doesn't do, I get it. But on on a, a level where you're the NFL, you can't do things or say things that are illegal in this land. Say, oh, yeah, hey, no problem. You've got to make a stance against that. Yes, you've got to – you don't take it off the banned substance because it's a banned substance in the United States. It's the dumbest thing. I swear to God. That's, I don't, and, and you can argue it until the ends of the earth, okay? You can and, – and you have a good argument with me, by the way, is whether or not it should be illegal in the first place. Now, you've got a great argument with me. The only problem is, is that's not what the case is right now. And then we'll visit it if and when it becomes a situation where it does. But I'm telling you right now, guys, I don't know. Well, hey, maybe Donald Trump, I'll tell you right now, Donald Trump wants to, <laughs> if Donald Trump wants to get reelected, he will legalize marijuana. So, you know, who knows? Maybe 
will happen. I don't know. Man, I shouldn't have said that. I, I give give the guy an idea. She, yeah, I don't know. All right. By the way, is it time to worry about the Steelers? If they lose this game, you do you against the Dallas Cowboys. You do need to worry about the Steelers. And the main reason is because of the division. So, if that ends up happening, what's going on with Aaron Rodgers? Who cares, folks? Who cares? Okay, it's not just Aaron Rodgers. I've been talking about this for years. Okay, I three years ago I predicted the Packers wouldn't make the playoffs, and it wasn't because of what was going on in the football. By the way, they made the playoffs. Then the next year I predicted they wouldn't, and they wouldn't. I guess it's a matter of odds, but I'm telling you the reason why is because this is a football team that over the years, and I said it three years ago, and I'll say it again, and I'm right. You put all the pressure on Aaron Rodgers. Put all the weight on his shoulders. Sooner or later, he's going to get a dislocated shoulder, meaning that he can't hold up the damn team all by himself. And that's what's going on in Packerland. The Green Bay Packers should be an all-around good football team, for God's sake. But they're not. And Aaron Rodgers can't do it alone. Aaron Rodgers cannot have to make play after play after play after play. And if the guy goes into a slump, then all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers is a bad quarterback. Folks, get your heads out of the clouds, man. What the hell are you thinking? Aaron Rodgers, quite possibly, he's definitely top five. Okay, I'll do that. He's definitely top five. And I don't give a rat's big fat butt what he's playing right now. What I'm telling you right now is this guy is the bomb, and if he had any freaking help, if he had anybody that could protect him as well, this guy runs more than me, and he shouldn't. This guy's a pocket quarterback. This guy should not be on the run as much as he is, and he's on the run way too much. That guy needs to stay in the pocket, deliver the ball. Where's your offensive line? Where's your defensive secondary? It's simple. It's not very hard to figure out what's going on over there, so... You, you can think what you want about the Packers, but this is a football team that is not their record. I think, I think they're 4-4. Four and four. I'm not going to pull up the NFL page again. I think they're 4-4. Four and four. Um, And if they are, they're 4-5 and five or 5-4. Five and four. What, But I think they're 4-4. Four and four. So what? They're in the NFC North. My God, the, the, the Vikings are on a free fall. And they should have been on a free fall all season long. It just happened a little bit later. Now, the, the, the Lions, if they can figure out how to play well for this second part of this season, that's a team to worry about. Matthew Stafford has been a badass all season long, okay? Now, one of the things, and we talked about it on this show, the best thing that ever happened to Matthew Stafford is that they got Calvin Johnson to retire. So Calvin Johnson not being there makes Matthew Stafford have to be a better quarterback. He just can't lean on the six foot seven guy in the corner of the end zone. We talked about it on this show a couple of years back when he wouldn't deliver the ball to Pettigrew and the other big tight end that they had. I forget the name. They had two quality tight ends, and the guy wouldn't deliver the ball to him in the end zone. He was always going for Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson was beat up because that's where they knew where they were going, so Calvin Johnson was beat up. This is the hell with it. 
However, I wouldn't put it past Calvin Johnson being in the NFL next year. I, I don't know. Depending on how much this nice offseason was without him being in pain. And believe me, that guy was in some pain. Knees, ankles. I mean, the guy can hardly freaking walk. And he's out there week in, week out, throwing, you know, having the ball thrown to him in bad situations. So Matthew Stafford's a better quarterback today because they don't have Calvin Johnson in the lineup. And that will always be something that you can look at as far as that situation is, as far as how well Matthew Stafford – people are talking about Matthew Stafford as an MVP. I can't do that. I can't do that because of the record, unless they figure out how to win some games at the end of the season. I can't put I, – I, I don't even want to talk about Matthew Stafford as MVP, but he's got MVP numbers. There's no question about that. So you got to like that. So what we're going to do here, guys, let's go into the games. Let's talk about the games that are going to go on and see what you think about what is going on. You're more than welcome to give out online 247-215-7497 is the number to come in contact with me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, as we're going to cover all the games here and we're going to just jump into them now. That having been said, again, folks, keep your eyes and open for my locals, okay? Raleigh Eagles varsity basketball is starting up soon. We're going to be bringing that to you. So, But for right now, let's go to the NFL. Let's go to week number 10. The Atlanta Falcons 6-3. and three. They are on a two-game winning streak as the Philadelphia Eagles are at home. They're 4-4. Four four. They're on a two-game losing streak. So Atlanta has definitely been one of these teams where you can be shocked. You can. I, I, yeah, I don't know. This is a football team that now has got to figure out how to remain good. It's a football team traditionally who starts off well, and at November, December, we talked about it earlier in the show, just, just someone shoots this team right in square in the behind, and then they can't get back. Now, is the the love affair of Carson Wentz, you know, now they're four and four. Okay, now can we really just let's just take away from the fact that Carson Wentz Carson Wentz is a good quarterback. I don't want anybody to think that Sonny Clark doesn't think that Carson Wentz is a good quarterback because he is. But the, it, it it's it's like the new girlfriend. Sooner or later it wears on you. You got he just got to go back. He, that's what's going on. But. They got off to a great start, and, and, you know, but since then, they've lost three or four. They head into this big-time stretch of the season trying to hold on or be in contention for a playoff spot, and it has to start with this game, and the reason why is because this is a good football team. So you got to look out for that. So let's do this. Let's bring in uh, one of my guests here. He's he's not a guest. I just recognize the telephone number. I don't get an opportunity. This is Baba Gazoo, my brother, my brother from my own mama. Hey, what's going on, my man? Hey, man, I'm just looking for some legal pot. How are you doing tonight? Well, uh, isn't it it right there in your own city? (laughs) No, no, man. There's no legal pot in our city, man. It's all medical marijuana here, man. I uh, oh, yeah, I got it. Miracle, got it. I wasn't <laughs> sure about that. But, you know. Um, no, the now, reason I called because I heard you were talking I, I knew about the, I knew, especially with the way you're starting this conversation off, I know why you called. Go ahead, my friend. I know about those Atlanta Falcons, man. They have got a tough offense, man. They are going to be tough to beat today. 
And I'm going to be money where my mouth is. Well, are you? That's the question. Are you going to do that this week against the oh, Philadelphia Eagles? You you already did it. So so you're talking prime yeah, here now. So. Yeah, so but Carson went it, it's it, so you got the money. How much how many points did you give the Philadelphia Eagles? I didn't give them none. I I just took the line and the line was I think minus 3. Okay, so so you give no, you give 3 points to the Philadelphia I'm Eagles. I'm giving the Eagles. Correct. So the, what so you think the offense is the reason why you should make that bet? Yeah. Their offense is damn good. I've been watching them. Hey, they're, they're very good. Matt Ryan has been crazy. Good. He's been crazy good along with Julio Jones. You know, by the way, oh, they're man. averaging. Get this number. See, I'm gonna make you feel good about your pick. Okay, they're averaging 33.9 okay, yeah. points a game. So that's gotta hey, make baby. you feel somewhat good. <laughs> well, it does. And the Eagles have what? Lost two in a row. They've they've lost two in a row, and one of the things that has been different in the, by the way though Carson Wentz as a rookie quarterback going up against the you know quite possibly could be the MVP if Atlanta can figure out how to keep the stretch through November to December intact he could be in talks of the MVP candidate of of the season so you gotta like what's going on there and what Julio Jones is doing for this football team. Oh, man, he is incredible. That guy has got, like, he's got sticky shit on his fingers. <laughs> he really does. The stick him, yeah, the, the, the illegal stick him, that's what's there. Yeah, that's it, that's it. Maybe yeah. the ball's a little deflated. I don't know. It, it could be. It, it helps him grip yeah. the ball a little bit more along yeah, with the stick him. It really is. He, he's fun to watch. It's kind of it's kind of like watching Walter Payton in a way. You ever notice that? Yes, he's just so I get quick. I get exactly what you're talking about. He is so quick, and he he seems to dodge bullets like they were just standing still. And really but does. a lot he's of that, really a lot of that comes with Matt Ryan delivering the ball the way he's supposed to, which unlikely right. he, he's been doing in the past. Now Julio Jones averaging 19 yards a catch, he has got five touchdowns. But the much more that the talk about that is is that it's the other receivers that are doing it as well. 37 uh, catches mm-hmm. for Sanu, and that's three touchdowns. And then Freeman and Coleman are also getting involved with it. They're threats, and Coleman the threat out of the backfield uh, is is something that, but he's out this week with the injury. So it's going to be interesting to see how Atlanta gets around that as far as a guy well, that they depend upon in the backfield. Well, yeah, I was going to say though, Julio has been their workhorse ever since the season started. So, you know, it's uh, just but, another uh, week. The other game that I've got, the other game I've got is the San Diego game, but you can talk about that whenever you get to it. And no, no, that's, we, we can talk, we can talk about the San Diego game because this is a football team that I think um, should be definitely better than they are. They should be. They should be five and five. Oh, yeah. This is a team that cl- yeah. cannot close out, but they are at home. They've closed out two of the last three games in the fourth quarter. They go up against a four and four Miami Dolphin team. That it, 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 that's a god awful product on the field. The Chargers, you can at mm-hmm. least see some positivity coming from that team. Real yeah, man, I and mean, it's only been getting better and better. It really has. In the last three weeks, they have really put forth a gigantic effort. 
Yeah, well, rushing the ball for 529 yards in a three-game in a, a three-game set, that that is a big indicator there that you know that they got to stop being the Chargers if they don't stop the run and they let a J.I. go out and do what he does. That's going to be a problem. So if if the Chargers do square in on the really only threat that Miami has, they should be able to handle that game. Mm-hmm. And the other one that I'm looking at, I haven't bet it yet, but that Detroit game. Uh, the Detroit game is one of the games that always scares me because it's Detroit. And, and the, mm-hmm. the inconsistencies of what Detroit is. And, and it's not because – and like I said, it's not because – Matthew Stafford's been putting up some crazy-ass numbers this year that makes mm-hmm. him in talks of the MVP as well. But I, like I said, until that game, team starts winning football games, I don't know I – can't, I can't put it on me to say, yeah, you got to go ahead – and uh, get the Detroit Lions up on the square. But who are they playing today, by the way? I'll have to look. Let me look here real quick. I think, I think I, actually, I thought Detroit was on the bye. Let me just take a look. Oh, on the bye. Yeah, they are on the bye. Yeah. All right. So, all right. They're, yeah, so, they're buying? Okay. All right. Yeah, so, right, but well, that's a good football team. This week. <laughs> well, <laughs> that, that's a good football team. I'll tell you team. what, San Diego cost me 12 bucks last week. I'm, 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 I'm fixing to make a – Make a comeback this week. Make I think a comeback. I two good ones. Well, good luck. I, there's not any games right now. I feel confident in putting any money on this. So I've left. I've left the wallet in really? my pocket for the last three weeks. Yeah, so, and right, the reason well, why I wanted to see the teams get where they are right now. You know, when you see about the, the the first ten weeks of the season, you get teams that are up and down, and betting those teams are really tough during this. Like a case in point, I know at one point you were betting with the uh, Denver Broncos. I bet you you're keeping your money in your pocket now. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not now. No. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I guess, so, don't they have like the number one defense right now though? They got a great defense. The only problem is that's a that's a rookie court. Uh, really, actually, it's a second year, but really rookie out on the field um, at the quarterback right. position. And he's just getting the trials and trials. That guy's going to be a good quarterback, and he's going to get a good contract. Oh, he won't he stay. Too. He won't stay there because he, he, here's one thing, John Elway. He he knows talent that's good enough. He is just good uh-huh. enough to be a backup quarterback. John Elway knows he needs a real starting quarterback, but someone else will put some money into him. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, wherever he goes, he's going to produce. So, absolutely. All right, well, I'm going to let you go. Uh, my drug dealer's on the other line, so I've got to let you go. But you have a great show. Now, we're going to finish it up there, and with that being said, what we're going to do is we're going to hop into our next set of ads. When we come back, we'll talk some more games that are happening here on the Couch Potato Sports Show and on our Sunday morning tradition. We'll be back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, and that being said. Whether it's buying or selling a home, there is no bigger decision than choosing the real estate agent who will represent you during the transaction. Brian Chadwick of JP and Associates Realtors is here for you. 12 years in the property management business has afforded him great insight into the real estate needs of his clients. He serves all his clients as he served his country, with honor and integrity. With Brian Chadwick, you will have a dedicated, honest, and hardworking realtor in your corner. To experience what he can do for you, call Brian Chadwick today or visit him online. 
This is Sunny Clark, the radio voice of your Rowlett Eagle, telling you to contact Brian Chadwick at 972-533-9059 or visit him on the web at brianchadwick.jphomesforsale.com. That's Brian with a Y, not an I, chadwick.jphomesforsale.com. Allen Bauer Electric, we offer expert electrical services from general outlet repair and fan installation to electrical panel upgrade. Our customer commitment includes additional benefits such as call-ahead scheduling, upfront pricing, and special after-hour electrical services. Being informed is to your benefit. So call Allen Bauer Electric for more information on how you can be more informed about your residential or business electrical needs. Give them a call at 214-356-0197. Allen Bauer Electric, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. It always happens. 6 p.m. on a Saturday night and your heater or air conditioner goes out. What are you going to do? All the heating and air conditioning people are closed. How about 24-hour service available at 5-star HVAC contractors? You can be sure to be serviced amazingly fast. That's 5-star HVAC contractors serving Relev 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. 214-457-8441. Call the experts at 5-star HVAC contractors. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Are you having trouble understanding Social Security planning? There are a lot of questions that have to be answered, like when does it make most sense for you and your spouse to start receiving Social Security? What is the impact of your Social Security benefits if you work during retirement? How much of your Social Security will be taxed each year? Let Nest Egg Wealth Advisors provide you with that direction to these decisions. Call our offices today at 972-412-6064 or visit us on the web at nesteggadvice.com for your complimentary guide to Social Security. Let Spirit Outfitters be your home for any of your specialty needs. Spirit Outfitters can do it all. Whether it's screen printing, custom apparel, spirit gifts, or embroidery, Spirit Outfitters has you covered. Need personalized apparel? We can do that. Want something just for you? We can do that also. Spirit Outfitters will let your imaginations run wild. Give them a call at 972-412-3440 or visit their showroom at 3538 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 101 in Rowlett. Or check them out on the web as well at thespiritoutfitters.com. that good foot. Thanks, James. By the way, <laughs> thank you for the call, by the way, my brother. 
Noise and being, I got to drink some coffee. Yes, yes. I've been accused that the only reason why I have co-hosts is because I can drink coffee. It, it's just not true, but it just happens to be a benefit. That's all. So I got to go in. I didn't warm up my coffee. I got another cup all fresh, all ready to go. But you can get online here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, 347-215-7497. If you do want to get in, talk to some games that we are doing. We were talking about Atlanta and uh, and uh, the Eagles just briefly um, as someone was fishing for information. I appreciate that. Someone you know, wants to know my my thinkings on things before they make a bet. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to get in the information, but setting the bet myself, oh, good God, I've been horrible this year. That having been said, uh, we talked about it just a little bit, okay? Um, when you look at what's going on here as far as the Eagles are concerned, uh, Carson Wentz, you know, you've you got to see a guy. And here's one thing that Carson Wentz is going to have to do, okay? When you've seen Philadelphia go to 3-0, and it was because Carson Wentz was aggressive, Carson Wentz had an opportunity to make plays for this football team, and he took advantage of them. Now, with him being aggressive, on the other side, they had an aggressive defense. But my question to Doug Peterson is, is um, are you still the same team that you were when you were 3-0? No, there's no question. And by the way, 6-3 and three Atlanta, like I said, this is a team that could get shot in the ass and end up down on the ground quick. But Matt Ryan, again, we talked about it. Julio Jones, they have the highest scoring offense in the NFL. 33.9 points a game. And I hate this. I was reading about this game before we were going to talk about it. It said that, you know, Ryan grew up around Philadelphia. Who cares? What the that has absolute listen, somebody everybody's from somewhere. Who cares? But sixty nine point three percent passing percentage, almost seventy percent. Good God, that's good. That that's not just that's not just good. That's great. Okay. Twenty three touchdowns, only four interceptions on this guy can throw interceptions, but he does it late in the season. Watch it. Don't fall. I, I'm not saying don't fall in love with him, but just be careful with your emotions. How about that? Be careful with your emotions going in November and December with Matt Ryan. So this one's going to be good. Julio Jones averaging 19 yards a catch, five touchdowns. And like I said, he's spreading the ball around, not just to Julio Jones, but Julio Jones having big games. Obviously, he is the firepower. But Matt Ryan finding other guys out there to be able to throw the football to. You've got to like that, especially, especially if you're a fan of the team. So, now, you've got to be able to get yourself going and get back to what you were when you were 3-0 and if you're the Philadelphia Eagles. If you can't get there, okay, you got to at least look like you can get there. And right now, the, the Eagles have not been playing good football at all. However, the Eagles are 3-0 at home this season, okay, with wins over Pittsburgh and the Minnesota Vikings, big-time big teams. 
and Carson Wentz for a first-round draft pick, okay, coming out of what, North Dakota State or some kind of crap like that? He has exceeded all of his expectations to this point of the season. The question is, can he still continue to exceed the expectations, or does he turn into that rookie quarterback that you always expect as he threw two interceptions without a touchdown in last week's game against the Giants? And by the way, the Giants suck. And it's all about the speed of the game when you talk about the, uh, a rookie quarterback learning the speed of the game, seeing how much it speeds up as the season goes along. Dak Prescott's been able to adjust right now. Carson Wentz hasn't. And that doesn't vote very well for him, even though they're at home. But here's the thing. I don't trust Atlanta. So I'm not picking them. I know my brother is not going to be happy to hear that. I'm not picking them. I'm picking the Philadelphia Eagles because this team at home is incredible. That crowd there is incredible. It, it, some, and there's a few places where the crowd makes a difference. There's three. One's Oakland, the other's Kansas City, and the other one's right there in Philadelphia. And I, you know, my mind tells me take Atlanta right here, without question. I'm telling you, I know what my mind is telling me. But there's something about this game that makes me not want to go ahead and make the pick that way. Who's the better team? Right now, the Atlanta Falcons are a better team than the Eagles. But this is the game that the Eagles can come back and snatch out of the claws of victory for the Falcons. Now, one of the things I want to see a little bit more is uh, how about not giving up so many points for the Atlanta Falcons? Just because you have the offense that you can make plays with and throw the football down the field, okay, your defense is sooner or later going to have to make some stops. And I don't know if they're going to do it today. I'm picking the Philadelphia Eagles going against my brother. I picked the three because I think they went outright. So that one's that one's going to be interesting as far as where, at, at the end of the day, where will the Atlanta Falcons be at the end of the season? That's going to be the big question. So that takes us into the next game that we're going to talk about here on the Couch Potato. I'm not wasting my time on this one, even though Cuervo, when he calls in, I'll let him talk about a game that they quite possibly are going to win. Okay, maybe not. God, I don't know. These are two horrible football teams that are playing each other. Okay, and I could go, you know, when I was doing my sitting about these games, okay, this was one of the last I was looking at because I didn't want to put a lot into it. I mean, uh, but right now, three and five, Tampa Bay Buccaneers third in the NFC South are at home taking on the Chicago Bears who are two and six. They're Last in the NFC North. <sighs> yeah, th- this one, this one just really just makes me mad. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you, I'm, I don't think any of these teams are good. And and here, okay, let me do it this way. I, I will go ahead and give you what I did when I did. I did the research on the game. I I looked it up. 
didn't spend a lot of time on it because there's just a lot of things that do stand out right now. Okay? A 13-day break for the Bears. That's nice. Real nice. Should have been 14 because they shouldn't have been playing on Monday Night Football. But that being said, they did. The Buccaneers, they've been on for 10 days. After the loss in, in, in Atlanta. So, one of the biggest things about this game when I was looking at it, I, I headed on over to the, to the injury page on this. John Fox and the Bears are just a beat-up football team. And the bye definitely helps them. To get healthy. Now, that having been said, knees and ankles and things like that, they don't heal in two weeks. I, 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 but just like the big little nagging injuries that they can get guys to be able to move on from the injury. Okay? The biggest thing is that maybe the Bears could be healthy in this game. Jay Cutler comes back, which is, which is a negative regardless But the Bears beating the Vikings on a Monday night football game, listen, that, that's something. The Bears are going to have a few guys back on that offensive line. Kyle Long, Josh Sitton is going to be back and healthy for the game against Tampa Bay. And I think that could be the difference. Eddie Royale, though, this is a guy, he's got an injury. He's questionable still for the game. So I don't know. I hate this game. Two of the worst teams, quite possibly, that could be out on the field at one time. But, oh, hey, take a look. Click this button. Someone just joined me. I can drink coffee now. It's Daryl by himself. Brian Tarver from Weigh-In Sports Talk. Uh, is this a god awful game, or am I, I? I know I'm not. I know I'm not exaggerating. The Bears in okay, Tampa Bay. The oh, Bears in Tampa Bay. It's so bad that I just picked the Bears because it was just so bad. And since it's a bad game with two bad teams, I just picked a bad team. You can't lose. So the Bears win, honey, on the road. Tampa hasn't won a home game yet. And, and they get the two offensive linemen that they need back in the line. Kyle, Kyle Long and uh, Josh Stanton are back in the lineup. I, I'm right there with you. I mean, who's the – and I hate to say this. Who's the better quarterback, obviously, right now? I mean, experience, unfortunately, is on Jay Cutler's side. Sometimes you like to take a look at a young quarterback and say he might be better than Jay Cutler, but right now he's not. And, and, and I warned everybody about this guy. Don't fall in love with him because he's in the sophomore year. Sophomore slumps are real in the NFL, especially when you're an average quarterback to start with. Yeah. Exactly. If I sound sad, Sonny, it's because my Auburn Tigers pulled the biggest choke job in college football yesterday. And, uh, <laughs> How bad did and, they uh, lose? What, I, I've been on a major depression. My Rowlett Eagles got beat by a team they had no business losing to. Auburn. Auburn was a – they have a hurt quarterback and their best running back was out, but they played Georgia. They lost 13-7, to but check this out. Ooh, the defense that's a heartbreaker. Six points. 
the, the defense gave up six points on the night, two field goals, a pick six, won the game. But let me give you this stat. Auburn had 23 yards in the second half and no first down. They they they, they went in seven to nothing lead at the half and lost 13 to seven. Wow, that is that's a heart, that's a when, heartbreaker. When Michigan, yeah, when Michigan lost, Clemson lost, Washington lost, A and M lost, all those teams ahead of them lost. If had Auburn took care of business, being a 10 point favorite, hell, they'd be up in the top five when the poll came out. But you know what? That's why Auburn sucks. And that's why the coach needs to be reevaluated because it happens every year, man. A meaningful game in November, they choke, and I'm tired of it. Fire his ass today. Well, I'm you know nine and how about the Michigan Wolverines taking the loss against Iowa yesterday, <laughs> and, and that that what that one hurt. Oh my God, did yeah. that one hurt? Um, it, so much so it may drop them to about six or seven. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, since everybody lost, maybe people won't drop as much. But Michigan, Michigan's loss to Iowa was similar, but the difference is Michigan was a twenty-one and a half point favorite. Lost Auburn was a nine. They actually dropped Big an eight point. point favorite on the road and lost. Absolutely. But there's no excuse for Clemson losing at home by twenty-one point favorite. Michigan favored twenty-one and a half. A&M favored 10, Auburn favored 10. All these teams, Washington favored almost 10 over USC, but we saw that one coming. I projected Washington to win, but, yeah, it's just a bad day at college, which usually means a bad day at football. So I'm counting on Cam Newton to pull me through today, but I'm going to pick the Bears in your game right here. Yeah, I, I, I'm, going with, I'm going with I am going with the Bears. By the way, do, do the Texas Longhorns have to fire Charlie Strong? I think they do. Yeah. God, they're awful, man. Good they're Lord. awful. They're a disaster. Waiting. They're, I mean, they're, they're, they're wasting terrible. the talents of a guy on the defensive line. His name, and if you don't know his name, next year you'll hear it more. Charles Amenahu is a monster, and they're wasting that talent. That that hurts my feelings. Of course, and he's they, a rally boy. Heisman, and they have a Heisman candidate running back. I mean, you, you see here, you've got all this four- and five-star talent in your – Underachieving every week. I mean, it's Auburn seven and three, and honestly, that they, they were projected to win five, six games this year, so they're going to win next week to make it eight. So they're at least getting eight. It still sucks. I mean, it's still a good season if you look preseason. But Texas, my God, they're awful, man. They're yeah, they're they're and that's coaching. Why do you think Saban's the best coach in America? Because, because he can continue. Because he develops players even below the starters. That means he takes the time with the players that are not the starters as well. There, you can say whatever you want about Nick Saban, but he figures out how to keep the next guy up ready. Not not just you, yeah. you're going to take a step in and you're inexperienced. No, he figures out how to keep his guys ready to play at all times. They're a faceless opponent every week, and he doesn't care if you're uh, southeastern Chattahoochee High School he's playing or whether he's playing LSU or Auburn. It doesn't matter to him. You're a faceless opponent. And, man, that, I would give him a raise of $20 million a year after watching football yesterday. When all these teams are losing, his team wins by 50 in a game, a morning game. He comes out and beats Mississippi State by 50. Give him a raise, man. Give him even more than he's making now. Absolutely. And that that's another thing. It's how do they 
how do they figure out how to win each and every game is the, exactly what you said. They don't care who it is. They just go out nope. and get the job done. And you know, it's hard, it, it Sonny, can, to be on top and win. If you see it, when those rankings come out, you've seen it every couple of weeks ago when those college football committee playoff rankings came out. All these teams started freezing up. They started paying attention to the rankings. They started worrying about looking ahead. And, and I'm telling you, teams look ahead. And all you heard was the Iron Bowl is going to be for the chance to go to the playoff. Well, not anymore because Auburn's done, and every team did it besides Alabama. Alabama paid no attention to those rankings, and they're the only team left standing right now. And and, and that's just not this year. Like you said, it's every year. So it, it, it's really interesting. Now, how long can you stay? You got to you gotta bail soon because yeah, if can, you do – huh? No, I can stay a little while. Let's, let's rock and roll. Well, well, let's do this. Let's talk about your game. Let's talk about the one that you were just talking about in the NFL. It's a big game. Six and two. Kansas City Chiefs, they've won four games in a row. Carolina, they're three and five. They've won two games in a row. So are they doing what they have done before, which is how to win in November and December? The most important times an NFL football team can win games has to be in November and December. Granted, it's nice to start off well. But the the Carolina Panthers are a football team that knows how to win in crunch time during the season. Obviously, take a look at the Super Bowl. We didn't get that. But during the season, this is a football team that finds a way to win. But the Kansas City Chiefs, they're just a little bit of a different monster. But they don't have their starting quarterback as well. So there's a lot of things in this game that I find very interesting. Alex Smith is playing. Alex Smith is playing? Okay, he was hurt last week. Yeah, yeah, he's playing this week. But let me tell you what I've noticed, and this is Carolina's make-or-break game. When you talk about must-win games, so this is a must-win game because you have Atlanta. They're still up there. New Orleans is starting to learn how to play football. But I think yes. once we start getting into November, deeper in December, you're going to start seeing the Falcons regress. You're going to start seeing the Saints. But if Carolina takes care of business – the last two weeks, they've shown that they've, they've resembled that team last year a little bit more up front defensively, and they're starting to run the football more with Jonathan Stewart. So if they get that combination going again, they could make the playoffs. And, and, and I don't think it really matters whole field advantage right now in the playoffs these days. I mean, Cam, Cam's going to play good. They're going to win. If he doesn't, they're going to lose. But the defense, finally, after that bye week, they came out. And they, they, they're playing aggressive defense, honey, where they're putting pressure on the quarterback about every play, and that's how they're going to have to win football games. And I like them against Kansas City because Kansas City can't really stretch your defense. And I like being at home. Carolina's going to crowd the box, and they're going to they're going to give Alex Smith hell today. So if he's injured last week, he's probably going to leave this game as well. I think it's going to be a close one, but Carolina gets it done. And this is – the game that we'll all look at, Sonny. We're going to go back to this game to see Carolina State. If they're in the playoffs, it's because they beat Kansas City. Well, I will tell you, and that's a good point. And the main reason is because they get outside their own uh, conference or their own own, uh, conference right there. And they get outside their own division. So you get a – and good teams – such as the Kansas City Chiefs, who are fighting for the AFC uh, West Championship, by the way. Last year, they were 1-5 in five at this point of the season. 
Okay, so you, they were sitting there looking horrible, but they turned it around, and that comes from coaching. Now this year it's a little bit different. I mean, obviously they're six and two. Okay, um, they're second in the AFC West. They th- this is a football team that's desperate for a road victory so they can hang with the Oakland Raiders, who right now have the lead. Those two are going to be battling out for the division championship. Alex Smith is back. I'm looking at the point right here. Alex Smith is back. So that having been said. When you look at some of the stats and what jumps out on your page is exactly what you talked about, stretching the field. Right now, Kansas City can't do that. And the main way, they get Alex Smith back, yes, but Alex Smith is not a guy that's going to throw the ball for more than 30 yards down the field. That means he depends upon his team, the guys to catch the ball, to get the yakety yak, yak, yak. I'm talking about yards after catch and let them do their job. The problem is with that is what you said, is where Carolina is coming back defensively at this point after the break, they're one week by. The defense has seemed to, you know, have a, like a, a fire lit up underneath their butts, and they're a tough uh, team to score on right now. And it all starts up front, Sonny, and I think getting the secondary some experience. They've been exposed and I think, putting the right people in the right place. But Kansas City is not a good matchup for Carolina because Carolina is going to run the ball right at you, and they're going to come at you physically with a six foot six quarterback. They can pound you, too. It's just a bad matchup for Kansas City in this game. And the fact that it's in Carolina, I can't believe the spread's only three. I'm just, I think Vegas is afraid right now for Carolina because you can't really predict them. You know, you just don't know which Carolina team's going to show up. But if the same Carolina team for the last two weeks shows up today, they're going to be four and five and right back in a weak division right now or a tight race. I mean, they're only a couple games out of first place, Sonny. And, you know, they still play Atlanta. They still play New Orleans again and Tampa. So they, they kind of control some destiny, if you, if, if you will. But you know the, the Falcons are going to start choking eventually. They're going to start oh, that's gonna their MO. pulling Atlanta. There, there's yeah. no question that is the Falcons' M.O. But one of the things that are really huge that I think, okay, I don't know. Ryan Khalil, it, it, he's going to be questionable for this game. I'm not even sure what's wrong with him. I but out. I heard that this I he, he, he is out for this game. That that hurts this football team. And Shaq Thompson right now, he's listed as questionable. Is he out, at least from the – is he playing? Mm, I doubt it. I doubt it. Doubt it. Okay. So you've got two guys that might not be in there. That means Thomas Davis, okay, who had 12 tackles and an interception against the Rams last week. Okay. He's got the boost going for this defense in reality. A.J. Klein is filled in pretty good for Thompson last week. So you're, you're getting guys that know where they are on the, on the pecking order for the Carolina Panthers. And there's a desire to move up. And they take advantage of their opportunities. And that's what Coach uh, Rivera can do for your football team. It's not that he's got the starters. He knows who they are. But having the team ready to go and take – and when you've got a guy that steps out to the side. Now, the one that I, I – I, I, everything I said right there, but Ryan Khalil, that, there's a big difference. When you've got a guy that is your center, he's your guy. He gets the ball in your guy's hand. Um, on the regular basis, that is a love affair right there between quarterback and center, and it's hard to bring in a new girlfriend right there. Especially when when Carolina takes all their snaps out of shotgun. That's just yes. 
repetitions and being comfortable. Cam Newton being comfortable is key. And if he's not comfortable, you see a couple of low snaps, him getting exact and, and things, they're going to be in trouble. Losing the center is a big deal, but I'm just hoping that that they run, you know, the snap goes clean. They're professionals, for God's sake. We're not in college anymore. You're in, you're an NFL guy getting a paycheck, so you snap the ball back, okay, and block. So it shouldn't be that bad. Hopefully he'll return soon, though. But if they lose today, I think their playoff shot's about done because I just don't, I just don't see them coming back from that. Well, here's the, here's one thing that they don't want to hear: Spencer Ware is back in the lineup. But on the good side for Carolina's defense. Uh, Jeremy Macklin is not going to play. Um, and then they also have uh, Jay Howard. He's going to be on the sideline. And then and then the linebacker, Justin Houston, he's got a knee injury. Uh, he's, gonna, he's not going to make the start either. Those are key injuries to Kansas City. I, and the reason why the Chiefs lose this game is because they just got too many injuries. It's nice to get wear back. There's no question. So they want to start running the football and doing what they do best. The only problem is, is that they're not going to be able to onset it because if you don't have Macklin in the lineup, you know, that hurts, that hurts the uh, viability to the passing game in today's game. And then on the defensive side, just too much of a loss, uh, you know, not being out on the football field for the guys that have to be there if you're going to win. And one thing Kansas City needs to do is continue to do what they do is kind of just slowly pick at teams, pick them apart a little bit, and they just wear on you and lean on you, and then all of a sudden you're in an ugly game, and that's where Kansas City wants you to be. And I just hope Carolina don't fall into that trap of playing to their pace and their tempo compared to what Carolina wants to do. Kansas City is never a given win. I'm glad this game's not an arrowhead, but – it's, if I'm Kansas City, I'm losing this game on purpose, and I'm resting anybody that stings up anybody because, like you said, it's out of conference. It's not a division game, so it's not be a good game to even not play Alex Smith because if he was out last week, it means he's not 100% healthy. I would just take a loss and move on. Well, no, they don't want to do that, and I'll tell you the reason why is because Oakland's on the bye. They need this victory. So they, I don't think they can afford to do it, especially when you're looking at the standings of, of, the, uh, uh, of the AFC West. It's important for, for Kansas City to get this victory. Um, Oakland not being out on the football field, granted, will even out later on. But where the standings are right now, as far as them being neck and neck over there for the AFC West, and the fact that, that Denver is not playing good doesn't help that. But they, the, the difference, 7-2, and two, I mean, if Kansas City manages to get the victory, they will be 7-2. and two. They'll be tied with the Oakland Raiders on top of that division. They got to get that victory and not only that they got to get it outside of that conference because if they if they can't get the victories within conference which one of the things that the Kansas City uh Chiefs have a problem doing okay they're one and oh in non-conference but in conference they're five and two they got to continue getting those victories in division but continue well in non-conference Oakland's two and one out of conference so they got to keep up with them so they got to get that victory I just hope it doesn't happen today because the Panthers win today and next week they're 500 again this is a team yes started one and five one and five this is a team that knows how to win when it's all on the line, too. It's a, like I said, take away from the Super Bowl. 
Okay, this is a team that in the regular season knows how to come back in the second half of a football season to have a viable season and be really a team that you got to be aware of going into the playoffs. So, um, yeah, towards the end of the season. But I'm right with you. I have the Carolina Panthers in this game. I you know, normally, if they didn't have the injuries on the Kansas City side, I would pick the Kansas City Chiefs. But that having been said, let's head into the next game that's up here. And this one's an interesting one. The Denver Broncos, 6-3. and three, They're third in the AFC West. They desperately need this win. They're going up against the New Orleans Saints. They're 4-4. Four four. They're second now in your division with Carolina Panthers. It's the reason why I came to this game, because right now, there's a team that has to get a victory besides your Carolina Panthers, and it starts with New Orleans. But, man, that secondary is god-awful. The question is, is will that second-year quarterback be able to do anything against this defense as bad as they are? And that's how you find out how rookies slash you know, second-year guys, uh, in this case uh, for uh, Denver, is is he capable of finding the breakdowns in the defense because – New Orleans has a lot of them there, Tarvin. Yeah, they do. And, again, I don't think Denver has the offense that can expose a weak defense. And now you're going to have to get in a shootout probably with yes. New Orleans because it's it's hard to stop Drew Brees at home. He is a different kind of type of quarterback. He, can, he never throws it a bad pass. He's always making smart decisions for the most part. I just don't think Denver can score enough on the road with New Orleans. I'm not saying that the Saints are a better team. I'm just saying this is a better matchup for the Saints than it is Denver because their defense is good, but it's starting to wear down a little bit after you've seen the offense not be able to move the ball. And I think the Saints' defense can can hold Denver at bay enough to outscore. So I'm going to go with the Saints in this game. I, I want the Saints to lose. Of course I do. But I think this is a bad matchup for Denver. Well, the good thing for it, just just the good thing, the Raiders ran the ball all over the Broncos last week, 218 yards on 43 carries. But the problem is the Saints don't have the guy that can run the ball. They're going to depend upon Drew Brees, 336.1 uh, yards a game, okay? This guy throws the football everywhere. Where the strength of the Denver Broncos defense is, is, in the, is on the defensive line and depending on who's in the secondary. The, if, they, if they can't stop the run, though, then you have an advantage. The only problem is the Saints don't have anybody that can run the football. Although they rushed for 248 yards on 42 carries when they beat San Francisco, but who can't beat San Francisco? So you know, I I had that thrown in my face. Well, they ran. They, well, you know, they they ran for 248 yards on 42 carries, but it's the it's the 49ers, okay? So. That being said, it, it's different. So you you, you got to figure out if you're Sean Payton, okay, how to figure out a running game because it's sooner or later. It's the same thing that's happening up in Green Bay. This football team, actually, it started before Green Bay. This is a football team that puts way too much pressure on Drew Brees to be magnificent, week in, week out, almost perfect. And they can't do that. He's an aging quarterback, for God's sake. They've got to figure out a way to win outside of Drew Brees, whether it's a running game or getting a defense. Now, the defense is off the table for the rest of the season. They're done. They're just going to have to figure out how they're going to win with what the personnel they have right now. But finding the guy that can run the football, that's something that they need to do.
for them to be successful for the rest of the year, or they'll go 500 for the rest of the season. Um, and the Denver Broncos, I'm going to tell you right now, they're going to be all over Drew Brees. This, this is a game that scares me. This is a trap game in reality for the Saints. Because you look at this game and you go, well, they haven't been playing, they being the Broncos, haven't been playing well. And the Saints have been playing very well. Uh, this is one I think could come back and snap off in their behind. This is not this is not a good matchup for the Broncos at all. Yeah, I'm gonna pick the Saints, honey. Yeah, yeah you're going Saints. Yeah. The one stat that I was looking at is the Broncos are allowing a league low 183 yards passing per game, and. It is Drew Brees, though. So I think I think I'm gonna. I don't know. I, can Trevor Simeon, you know, figure out a way to win a football game? You know, with, with the with with high pressure. You know, he's only completing 59.8 percent of his passes. He's got 10 interceptions to five, or 10 touchdowns to five interceptions. Um, and he took some big, big hits against the Raiders. I, you know, I think I'm right there with you. I think I'm going to go to the Saints. They are at home, and it's hard to beat that football team. By the way, uh, at home, that that's it, it's it's just what it is uh, when you get down there to New Orleans. But it's going to be a good game. Now, talking about the other t- the other game that's up on the board, that you know. A team that depends way too much on their quarterback, a team that has got to figure out how to get victories, they might just get an opportunity today. Even though they're playing Tennessee and Tennessee is improved, um, they got to figure out how to stop the run. But this is a good game for Aaron Rodgers to maybe start reloading and getting going there, Tarvin. Um, I don't know. There's something wrong there. We've been saying it. Um, Tennessee's a tough little team at home when you're struggling as Green Bay is. No running games, honey. Uh, if you can't run the football in the NFL, you can't win. And uh, I think Green Bay goes down today to Tennessee. I think that that's would be... open up a lot more questions. What's going well, on it's gonna, I, And it opens up the NFC North. Look at Detroit. Detroit, even though they're on the bye, I mean, Detroit, the, the NFC North is wide open for any team that decides that they want to get hot. And you know, and if the Green Bay Packers go down here this this week against the Titans, you know it's going to be huge. And I've talked about it and talked about it for three years. Remember three years ago when I said the Packers weren't going to make the playoffs, and everybody thought I was yep. nuts. They by one game barely made the playoffs. Next year they didn't. When I said, and I said they'd make it, but it'll be by the skin of their teeth in the third year, and that's exactly the way it happened. This is a team that depends upon a quarterback to always be great not just sometimes or even but always 10 games out of 10 you've got to be good 10 games out of 10 if you're going to get a victory because they depend upon them too much and you know I'm telling you right now if this guy had a well-balanced offense in reality I mean with a running back that could run the football and actually penetrate the damn defensive line sometimes um, then they, I think they'd have an opportunity. But right now, they're 4-4, four four, okay? They they lost the home game to Indianapolis last week. I mean, Indianapolis, whose who's defense is wide open to throw against all day long, Aaron Rodgers couldn't get it done. Why? Because he was running for his freaking life in the whole game. You know, it, and you've you got to get this guy in the pocket and give him four seconds and then let him make plays on the fifth. 
if you can't do that with Aaron Rodgers, he can't be the great guy that's going to be there. This is an upset that's going to happen. I, I don't have enough guts to pick it. I, but I'm going to go ahead. I'm taking Green Bay um, right now because I like I, I like what um, the Tennessee Titans don't do well, which is win at home. So that that's what that that's one of the things when I looked at this game. Why can't Tennessee win at home? It's unbelievable. So their fans put a lot of pressure on them to win, and they put a lot of pressure, and they suck, and they don't feel welcomed, and. They don't feel appreciated. They go on the road. They play better. They get away from all that negativity. That they can actually play some football. But there's something going on in the Green Bay locker room, guys. I think after this loss, it's going to come unraveled everything over the Green Bay. If you lose to Tennessee and Indianapolis in that division, uh, somebody's about to get fired. <laughs> well, Clay Matthews not in the lineup again this week. That hurts. Uh, James Starks with a knee. Um, they're hoping that he can play. He's questionable. I don't know if he's going to play. Last I heard, he was going to be out. But they also put him up to uh, pro- uh, not probable, but questionable after I read that he was out. So I, I can't even understand where that one came from. DeMarco Murray, uh, will he run the football against the Green Bay Packers defense? Right now, he leads the league right now with 807 yards. Um, and what, Mark that. It's third in the NFL in rushing, but DeMarco Murray is second leading rusher in the NFL behind you know Ezekiel Elliott here in Dallas. Uh, so that's going to be a huge thing to take a look at. Marcus Mariota, this is a game that you I'm going to tell you right now, this is a game that can define this young man's career if he can get the victory. I mean, because then we'll start talking about Marcus Mariota, about maybe being a quarterback of the future, not just for the Tennessee Titans, but a guy that you can look at in the whole year, um, every year, year in, year out, talking about Marcus Mariota. This is a game that defines quarterbacks. This is one of the games that where you look back upon the history of how good you may or may not be, and you can point to this game because it's such a big game feel because it's the Packers. Yep, and he, I don't think he has that kind of win and under his belt yet against somebody like Aaron Rodgers, if I'm, yep. unless I'm mistaken. Um but some, something's going on in that locker room, Sonny. Hell, even Wisconsin lost the presidential election. Uh, they, they went Republican. There's something going on there in Green Bay. Now. There's something in the water. It's got to be the water. It's yeah. the only thing. It's, it's something on there. I don't have enough guts. I mean, Tennessee is not good at home, um, and so that doesn't help them. Um, you sh- you you should be at least be able to feel good about your team at home, but Tennessee doesn't have that going on. Sonny, I want to ask something, and I put it out on way in sports talks. And um, you know, this is not a political show, but politics is a part of everyday life. What kind of could there be any kind of uh, dissension in the locker room? Any kind of things happening because of Donald Trump winning the presidency over Hillary Clinton? Could could that cause a divide in a team in a locker room? Anything like that? Yesterday in college football was crazy, and I, I just maybe it was a distraction all week, uh, just just with all that going on. But how does that affect an NFL locker room? Do you want an honest opinion, or do you yeah. want me to give you the political correct uh, answer? Well, I wanted the political correct answer. I turned it over to ESPN and listened to them <laughs> baffle about it. So I want your opinion. Okay, the reason this this is my take. 
The reason why it affects college football players because they're smarter. Okay? Now, that tells you what I think about NFL players. They're dumb as rocks. Okay? That's why I don't think it's going to affect an NFL game. The reason being is they're not dumb enough to think the, of the reason except an obvious one. Okay, and what I what I mean by that is those obvious political views. And if you're not, but they're not smart enough to understand the situation more so than anything. Plus, the quote unquote, they're professionals. Okay, they could. I mean, you're talking about guys that you sometimes can play after they lose a family member. And I'm sorry, in an election, you know, regardless of the situation, what's going on, whether it be uh, police, you know, be you know, police killing people or whatever the case may be, uh, I. I don't think that enters too much into an NFL locker room more so than because the college player has more of an imagination. They use their brain more often than an NFL player to more so than when it's an NFL player. That's all they're thinking about is football. Uh, college football guys, they, they still got school that they got to concentrate on to try to get a good grade, and then their mind wanders and it runs into the political. I don't think it really goes into an NFL and, and and more in the fact that this is when, and we saw it last week, by the way, this is when the NFL starts getting better week in, week out. The first eight weeks of a season, you can really toss a coin. But when you start narrowing it down at about this time of the year, that's when football teams are better. And the reason why is focus. And I bet you a lot of these football coaches are up on top of it. I bet they're actually thinking about that in the locker room. But I think an NFL locker room knows how to stop the effect of a, something rolling downhill, if you know what I mean. That's a, that's a good point. Good point. And, and, you know, yesterday what happened in college just made me start thinking of what what happened, you know, and, and again, it's, these kids got a class, they have heavy load of doing, some of them do, some of them take uh, knitting and basket weaving and, and get an A, but, you know, it's, some of these kids have to study hard, they have to play hard, practice hard, and, and only the, the mentally and physically tough survive the month of November and December, and I think, I think NFL, you're about to start seeing who the real teams are and who the, the, the real, the bad ones are. We know the the Bucks or Bears, regardless of the days, they're all bad. Both of them are bad. But if Carolina can win today, Sonny, I think you better watch out for them the rest of the season. Well, they've proven they've done that. They, they can do that. Okay, they've done it before. So they've proven that they know how to win that way. So that's another reason why you like Carolina. But, you know, it, it, this, this has been a crazy election year. I, I, I have never seen so much mud being thrown. I mean, we had it. Don't get me wrong. But, man, the personal attacks both ways, I've never seen anything like it. But that having been said, Donald Trump's president. <laughs> so um, it, it's real interesting to uh, see where – this country is at, and you know, I don't know. I, you know, maybe I'm wrong by not giving the NFL player enough credit to be smart enough. I might be wrong in there, and I'll, I'll go ahead and take that. But I don't think the coaches will allow that more so in the NFL. You got, you got different type of coaching. You got different type of mentality in the NFL. This is their profession. Uh, the college kids got, you know, so much going on, and they're younger, and their minds are smarter. Um, at that age compared to some of the NFL players. I, I don't know. I just don't think it's, it's something that uh, NFL uh, 
you know, teams have to worry about. And if yeah. they do, I think they nip it in the bud really quick. Um, yeah, so they make it, millions of dollars, you know. So. Yeah, when, when, when there's that much money involved with it personally, I mean, obviously there's no money involved with the, with the college player. There's nothing there. Um, but if it affects your money and the way that you make your money on a daily basis, more so than what you can make in the future, I, I think there's a, a way for football players to put that out of their mind. And, and, and that's got to be coaching. Because you got to get those kids and those guys in the locker room away from the things that can distract them on what makes a football team good. And, and we've seen it. We've seen what teams are good and what are not, and it's usually because of coaching. Yeah, but I could see a rift in the locker room if you have a bunch of people that really, I mean, there's a lot of people that think if you vote Donald Trump, you're a racist or a bigot or all this. But I just think they're people in the NFL, they're stupid and they're very vocal, and they don't yes. really hurt people's feelings. That could cause a rift in the locker room. <laughs> that could cause it's an interesting. Line, not the block. It, it definitely an interesting point there, Tyvin. So, that, that's definitely something to think about. I, you know, I guess we'll find out this week, right? I mean, obviously, how much of a hangover it's going to be for the NFL. We'll find out today. Well, you know. I mean, it, we couldn't find out Thursday. I mean, good God, was that a bad football game? I mean, who in the hell is picking these games to be put on prime time? My God, Tarvin, I could go do a better job. I swear to God. And I'll work for a quarter of what, whoever the schedule maker is. I'll work for a quarter of uh, a person, one quarter of what they make, and I'll, I'll put better games on those, on those nights. I do it for free just so I could watch the games I want to. Yeah, there you go. So, all right, but uh, it is what it is. Here we are. So, um, we are uh, talking the NFL. We're talking what's going on. We need to roll into break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Are you going to be able to hang uh, through the break, or you got to bail? I'm going to bail, but I'm going to come back before you're done. Okay, very good. Well, that's it. That's well, yeah. I'll be on for another hour. Yeah, I was like, I was wondering, but we've had a couple people call in, so that's a good thing. So we're going to go ahead and do that. We're going to take a quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. When we come back, it's hour number three, and we'll get through the rest of these games here as we get going uh, in this last hour. It's an important time. Uh, for football teams to be as good as they are. Will they be as good as they are? That's going to be the question. Let's take a quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. That being said, a Sunday morning tradition here on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Bonanza. Reap a bonanza with a free home, auto, or business insurance quote from Costco Insurance. Bundle your home and auto insurance to save a ton. Costlow Insurance at the corner of Main Street and Rowlett Road, or visit us on the web at costlowinsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? This is Sunny Clark Radio. Are you having trouble understanding Social Security planning? There are a lot of questions that have to be answered, like when does it make most sense for you and your spouse to start receiving Social Security? What is the impact of your Social Security benefits if you work during retirement? How much of your Social Security will be taxed each year? Let Nest Egg Wealth Advisors provide you with that direction to these decisions. Call our offices today at 972-412-6064 or visit us on the web at nesteggadvice.com for your complimentary guide to Social Security. When people call Stevenson's Heating and Air Conditioning, they are generally unhappy when their air conditioner is not working. But really, they're worried. 
Are they calling the right people? Well, at Stevenson's Heating and Air Conditioning, service promised is service delivered. People of Rawlett have depended on us for over 25 years, so go ahead. Contact Stevenson's Heating and Air Conditioning at 972-475-3227 or visit them on the web at stevensonshvac.com. Being taken for a ride? Check out Costco Insurance, serving Texans since 1981. Bundle your home, auto, or business insurance and save a ton. Costco Insurance on the corner of Main Street and Rowlett Road, where we make insurance fun. Or check us out on the web at costoinsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? Let Spirit Outfitters be your home for any of your specialty needs. Spirit Outfitters can do it all. Whether it's screen printing, custom apparel, spirit gifts, or embroidery, Spirit Outfitters has you covered. Need personalized apparel? We can do that. Want something just for you? We can do that also. Spirit Outfitters will let your imaginations run wild. Give them a call at 972-412-3440 or visit their showroom at 3538 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 101 in Rowlett. Or check them out on the web as well at thespiritoutfitters.com. In 1998, Scooter's Coffee was born. Co-founders Don and Linda Eccles began their amazing journey when they opened up their first drive through coffee house in Bellevue, Nebraska. Their motto is, amazing people serving amazing drinks, amazingly fast. Scooter's only roast from the top 10% specialty coffee beans in the world. And their specialty, the Caramelicious. If you're new to Scooter's, you can't go wrong with ordering this rich, velvety caramel gem. So make sure you check out Scooter's Coffee, located at Rowlett Road in the 66 with a convenient drive through so you can get onto your business real quick. That's Scooter's Coffee, located in Rowlett. Welcome back into the Couch Potato Sports Show. It's me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio. As we're talking about the NFL, we're talking about week number 10. That being said, it's our Sunday morning tradition. You can hear us every Sunday morning, 9 a.m., three hours before kickoff of the NFL games, where we'll look at all the games that are on the slate for Sunday, recap what happened on Thursday, and get a look at what happens on Monday. As it is our football finale here on the, the week, so you get an idea of what we see and what we think that is going to happen in these games. Now, granted, we're not we're not as you know known as ESPN, Fox, CBS, all those out there. But listen, we're not. Listen, they're no better than us at picking games. Okay, we might be able to go ahead and give out an opinion that won't offend the NFL. So you get a. I think you get a more honest show here. So you get the honesty of what football is all about here as far as the NFL is concerned. So that's the reason why you need to come here week in, week out, and check out the rest of it. We've got uh, seven more weeks after this, and we're going to bring it home and bring it on with a frenzy. Now, that having been said, that's going to that's gonna take us into a game that, really 
doesn't have a lot to do with anybody as far as will they like the game, will they not, because really, but right down here, I guess in Dallas area, the Houston Texans aren't, you know, first on the list, but they are first in the AFC South at five and three. They take on a division opponent in Jacksonville against my Jaguars. And I've told folks that the Jacksonville Jaguars stink. But I'm going to tell you right now, the Houston Texans are not as good as that record is indicating. Brock Osweiler is not great. Right now, I think right now, as far as the head coaching position, Gus Bradley, right now, I'm going to tell you right now, this is a guy that's walking on eggshells as far as being a head coach in the NFL. They've already got rid of a coordinator and all this other crap. As this football team has week in, week out, have been worse than pedestrian by NFL standards. And they cannot get off the, they can't get out of their own way to win games. They're two and six. We're talking about a team that everybody was talking about being the dark horse in this division. I told people don't fall for it. Because the problem isn't the talent. They've got talent. I don't think that's really the question. I think what the question here is, is coaching. I, and I've talked about it before, and I'll say it again. You know, you know, this is a young team. They're still growing. Why don't they just grow up then? Okay? It's been how many years since Gus Bradley's been there? And the years before that, I've heard that all through the last regime. Oh, they're a team. They're growing. Well, grow up by now, for God's sake. You're the Jacksonville Jaguars. You're an NFL football team. Okay? Grow up. But they're not. So, when you go into the first matchup of a game within the division that's important, it may not be important for Jacksonville, but it is important for Houston. So, when you look at this game on the schedule, this is a game if you're the Houston Texans and standing where you are at five and three, first in the division in the Indianapolis Colts, just now getting the victory last week might make a play to try to get this division back. You have to win. And the Jacksonville Jaguars, they don't have anything to lose right now. And that is not the kind of team that if you're the Houston Texans, you want to go up against within the division. You don't have anything to lose here. So you're going to talk about a team that's going to pull out all the stops and all these crazy plays that you may or may not see, depending on where they are in the season, what they really think about. Hey, what's the worst thing that happened? Will we see a flea flicker? Will we see crazy plays coming from the Jacksonville Jaguars that the Houston Texans won't be ready for because it really, you know, I hate when a team is two and six and they don't have nothing to lose. And then they start making stupid plays that ends up costing football teams and betters money. But right now they're a game and a half against Indianapolis ahead of them and Tennessee in the division. Houston is a football team that needs to be able to to hold on to the ball to get the victory. And Jacksonville only has five takeaways, three interceptions and two fumbles on the season. Let me take a break and miss these.
So, if you don't turn the ball over, it tells you that you're going to win the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. But will Brock Osweiler remember this? He's not the best quarterback in the NFL. I'm going to tell you, Houston Texan fans, your team is your, your team is in much better position than you really could have expected. Five and three. Should be four and four. They're a game better than what they really should be. Brock Osweiler is pedestrian. Pedestrians, 500 football. They have a one-and-a-half game lead over Indianapolis and Tennessee within the division. One team, only one, going to make the playoffs out of this division. So you, if you are the Texans, you see the importance of this football game. And if you can't get the victory in quite possibly the most important game of the year right now because of the timing and the division game that it is, you don't deserve to win the, the division. And that's when Indianapolis, with the experience of getting into the playoffs, come back and you know bite them in the butt at the end of the year because it's all about November, December, and that's what football's all about. So, that having been said, the Texans have been called, and I'm reading this, is an uncharismatic football team. Now, this is a team that usually, you know, finds turnovers and gets points on them. The Texans led the league with 34 turnovers and scoring on the turnovers. 12 of 25 last season, scoring up for turnovers. And that's all Jacksonville does. They turn the ball over. This is a football team that can't get out its own way. So the defense needs a huge overhauling right now, as far as the Jack- Jacksonville Jaguars are concerned. They have blowouts against Tennessee and their own division and San Diego within the conference. The lack of being able to create a turnover makes you a bad football team whether it be interceptions or forcing fumbles and things, it makes you a bad football team. The Jacksonville Jaguars have not forced a turnover in 19 quarters. 19. Going back to the Colts uh, game uh, in week number four in London. No turnovers. Created. It's coaching, folks. You say whatever you want, okay? It's coaching. Whether it's not a guy in the right position in order to get the interception or tackling fundamentals after somebody gets a hold of it and someone punching at the ball, this is coaching. And that's why Gus Bradley should and better be fired at the end of the month. And I'm going to tell you right now, Jacksonville Jaguar fans, all, you know, all seven of us, we, we, <laughs> we got to be pissed off about this situation. I told you Gus Bradley wasn't the right guy for this job, and I I stand by it. So, now, both these teams, they should go into this game, quote-unquote, healthy. Defensive end, uh, Odrick, he missed the past two games with a foot injury for the Jaguars. Deshaun, 
Gibson, hamstring, he should be ready to go. Wide receiver, the big one. Alan Hearns with concussion. He's still questionable. I don't know if he passed the protocol, but I don't think it's going to matter. For Houston, strong hand and ankle. Valentine had a knee groin. That's Lonnie, by the way, Lonnie Valentine. And Vince Wolfork had a groin. And linebacker Brian Peterson with a quad. And cornerback A.J. Boy with an ankle. And Brian Peters with quads. They're questionable. But Murray, in reality, is who's going to be able to create the turnovers? And that's why the Jacksonville Jaguars are not going to win this game at home, because they don't know how to do it. They can't do it. Blake Bortles has been god-awful. He leads the league in this. Get the, this was the stat I was looking at, okay? Blake Bortles is third in the league with 10 interceptions, and Houston's Brock Osweiler has nine of his own. But the Jaguars don't know how to get interceptions, so it's not going to be a thing to have to worry about. 28th in scoring, 19.1 a game for the Jaguars. The Texans, and by the way, just to let you know, that's 28th. The Texans are 30th in scoring, 17.1 a game. But the difference is obviously the record, creating turnovers. So, you know, I hate to just find one stat and live on it when you pick a football game because normally that is not the thing to do, but this is the Jacksonville Jaguars, okay? If you pick against the Jacksonville Jaguars, you're going to win more than you lose, okay? So as simple as that. I hate to say that because Jacksonville Jaguars are my team. I, You know, I claim them. Um, they're horrible, but I claim them. And if you can't get a victory against the Jacksonville Jaguars, Houston, you don't deserve to win the division, and you're not going to. Indianapolis will figure out how to come back and get it. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take Houston in this game because of the stat. Let's head on into the next game, Los Angeles Rams. They're 3-5 and five on the season. They're third in the NFC West. <sighs> they're, they're bad. New York Jets, three and six. They're fourth in the AFC East. <sighs> They're bad. They're bad. It's a horrible, horrible football teams. Two teams that are ugly at putting up points. Don't know how to put up points. And the simple fact of the matter. Oh, that was terrible. Crazy knucklehead of terrible. Oh, this is a horrible game to God. It, and the problem is, is this going to be all over red zone? God, you have to sit and watch and listen to this crap. This is going to be such a bad football game. And I tried to find what I do, folks, okay, before I come up on the air, I take time to look at every single game and I try to find something to talk about. It's the Jets and Rams. There's nothing to talk about. Except the Jets have thrown in the towel. They're going to that rookie quarterback. Ah, hey, Brandon Petty. I, you know, I pulled out a, um, I pulled out a stat page to try to talk about something about this game. Couldn't do it because they're horrible. So this game deserves 
the couch potato quarter that I keep on my desk for every game in case I have to do this because the Rams are horrible. Their defense is halfway decent. They can't score. The Jets, they can score. Maybe they can score. I don't know. So that's why the trusty couch potato quarter is right here in front of me for this flip because I don't know even who to pick. Both teams have horrible, you know, journeyman quarterbacks, if that's what you want to call them. They've been playing in the leagues, and they've been horrible. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's not going to start this game, you know, with Brandon Petty. So maybe they got a little sign of, you know, something to look at. Geno Smith, God awful, they can't play him, God. You know, so Bryce Petty, he's going to get the start. So, you know, I don't know. And, And... Looking at the teams, the Rams, Jared Goff, first overall pick, um, he's still sitting. They are Case Keenum. Normally, I like to look at the quarterbacks and say who the best quarterback is. I don't know. How good is Petty? I don't know. No one's seen him, so you know there's no tape on him. So that's why they dropped the quarter. The trusty couch potato quarter is going to flip this. At heads is going to be the Jets. Tails is going to be the Rams. So, let's see what it says. Here's the flip. Well, it ran out of my reach, so I grabbed the other. <laughs> that's, how bad, that's how bad this game is. Even the first quarter doesn't even want to be seen. So, I'm going to put this where I can at least see what the flip will be. I, I So, there's the flip, and this one lands on heads. What did I say? <laughs> wait a second. Wait a second. I gotta go back. I gotta go back because I don't even remember who I said. That's how bad this game is, Jesus. All right, all right. The home team is heads. So and tails is the uh, traveling team. So there you go. So let's flip it again, and so we know what's going on. L- literally, because it needs to be fair. I need to know. All right. So there we go. There's the flip. And it is tail, so it's the traveling team. My God, I'm taking the Rams. Jesus. Can I change my pick? <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. I'm changing the pick. I'm going Jets. They're home. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to take the home team. I, I, I don't trust that. I don't even trust the couch potato quarter. <laughs> this is how bad this game is. This is horrible. So, that being said, let's head into the next game that is up for grabs here. You know, jeez. You know, normally you take a look at this game, and and you and you kind of like this game, but instead it you know you know the 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 Jets and the Jets. Oh, that was terrible! Crazy knucklehead, terrible. Terrible, terrible. All right, that having been said, let's get on to the next game here on the Couch Potato Sports Show as we're having some fun here on Sunday morning. The Minnesota Vikings are five and three. The first in the AFC North. Is that impressive? I don't know. Washington Redskins, they're four and three and one and one. That right there disqualifies this football team from winning another game for the whole season. Oh my God. However, Washington Redskins are a very, very good football team at home. I gotta give it to them. Because the record says I gotta give it to them. They're pretty good at home. The Vikings right now, they're in a free fall. They have no leadership. None. 
And I feel bad for this football team because they started off so well. So well. And when you looked at this game maybe a couple weeks back, you're like, wow. Three weeks ago, the Minnesota Vikings were 5-0. and They've lost three games in a row. Washington, a 4-3-1 three, three and, and a tie. Oh, God. Tie. I don't know. It, it's just one of those things. So, you know, I don't know. Do you want to call Minnesota surprising? Yes. Without North Turner, they, listen, they're in a lot of trouble. Sam Bradford, listen. You need North Turner, and they don't have North Turner. And that's what scares me about this game going into Washington over at FedEx Field. An NFC tiebreaker could be up for grabs. This could be the game right here. And I don't, I don't, trust, I don't trust the team that can't keep a coach like North Turner on the payroll where North Turner said that this is just not going to work. North Turner walks off. Hey, listen, they were 5-1 and one when he walked away. Something is big in that locker room, and it's gaping on the offensive side of the ball, and it's just not getting the job done. So much so where North Turner said that's enough. So the Minnesota Vikings... You know, you know, this could be now the biggest question in reality, never mind the fact that this could end up being the NFC tiebreaker game is, is, you know, both of these teams last week and the last time they were out on the football field, you know, the Redskins, they were beaten in the final minute three weeks ago against Detroit, followed up with a game where they got beat by Cincinnati in London, where Dustin Hopkins missed the 34-yard field goal in overtime. Heartbreaking losses. Minnesota, they've dropped three games in a row after that 5-0 and start. Lose their offensive coordinator after they went 5-1 and should told you something. And they have been god-awful since. Minnesota was up a field goal with 23 seconds left to go in the game, and guess what? They got beat by the Lions, and that was a division game. So the Vikings offense hasn't been very good without Adrian Peterson in reality, you know, since he's been out. Uh, Minnesota ranks 25th in points scored a game. If you're looking at the numbers at 19.4, that's not getting the job done in the NFL. If you're not scoring more than 21 points a game, you're in a lot of trouble in the NFL. And they are last in yards per play at 4.6. And they're last in yards per game at 298.8. And the 31st without Adrian Peterson rushing the football. They're only rushing the ball 72.6 yards a game. This is a skid. This is going to be a turnaround that you're, you're going to see, see so much. And the Vikings are going to lose this game. And the Green Bay Packers have to get their victory so they can try to get a, you know kind of a stranglehold. But the Lions are really in reality in this division. They're the wild card. In this division, will they will they show up weekend for the rest of the season? That, that that's always going to be the question when you're talking about them. So, 
Now, the Redskins have already lost D'Angelo Hall, torn ACL, right knee, gone for the season. Will Blackman is his backup. He expects to play this week, okay, but his left hand's got a broken thumb on it. Diggs, 48 receptions, okay? You should be able to get some, you know, expectations of seeing this guy pick up. But guess what? Josh Norman's on the other side. So all of this, when you look at it, has, oh, the Redskins really, really wondering about what's going on. Josh Norman's going to be back, but he remains, he, he, he can still match up physically with any wide receiver in the NFL. And the Redskins really don't have anybody in the wide receiving or their wide receivers, uh, but it's even worse for Minnesota. So now take a look at all these things and where they're going to end up. But the Vikings defensive front is excellent. But I don't know. Even, you know, Minnesota is going to see the Washington offense. They rank 14 points, uh, 14th with points per game at 23.3. Okay? So that means they score more than 21 points. That is good for them in reality. Um, but I don't know if they get that today. And but the, the bigger question, though, is will – the Minnesota Vikings be able to score more than 20. It's a horrible game in reality when you look at it. It will be entertaining, but I don't think the entertainment will be in forms of scoring. So, wide receiver Deshaun Jackson, shoulder injury, listed a doubtful last time I looked. Um, he hasn't been practicing all week. So, I don't know. Crowder, 40 catches. I guess he, he, people want to call him one of the best uh, slot receivers in the NFL. Jordan Reed, 42 catches. Uh, that's a that's really a matchup nightmare, actually, because uh, veteran tight end uh, Vernon Davis with 23 receptions. He's dangerous, too. You know, and if it wasn't for Peyton Manning, Pierre Garçon would not be considered a reliable wide receiver. No one would know who he is, but he does have 36 catches on the season. There's a lot of options for Kirk Cousins to throw. So I'm on the Redskins in this game and the Minnesota Vikings. They're going to, they're going to lose four in a row. And this is going to be such a, it should have been an expected fall, but it's not going to be an expected fall. It should have, you should have been able to see this one coming because of not having Teddy Bridgewater. And there's questions whether Teddy Bridgewater will be back even next season before the midway point. Man, whatever the hell happened there really, really hurt this football team. Really hurt. So I don't know. It, it will be interesting to see where they end up going. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the Washington Redskins in this game. They're at home. Pretty good team at home. We talked about Miami, San Diego a little bit. So I want to talk about that game just a little bit more as we covered that with my brother, uh, Bobby Gazoo. But 
I, I want I want to just reiterate my pick: the San Diego Chargers in this game. They're four and five on the season, four and four Miami Dolphins. Um, but this game is in San Diego. San Diego's figuring out how to close out games. Two two of the last three games, they've been able to close out the fourth quarter. So I don't know if that means anything. Melvin Gordon, Gordon right now, he's living up to be that star billing that he's supposed to be. Miami's Jay Ajayi, now that is something that if San Diego can't stop, that could be a long day for this team. 529 yards in a stretch of three games. He was the fourth player in NFL history to post back-to-back 200-yard games. He ranked sixth in the NFL with 646 yards rushing. An average of six yards a carry. That That's almost unheard of in the NFL. So, Melvin Gordon, Ajayi, they kind of offset themselves. That's what I'll say. Phillip Rivers is going to get the job done here today. But, they got to figure out how to make sure they can still get Gordon the ball and get yards because they can't, I, this is a football team. I, I talk about the quarterback having too much on their shoulders. That's, that's been Phillips rivers MO for years in San Diego because no one else can step up. And what they needed was a defense that could step up. Now, Tunzel is the reason why you got a Jai playing well. So the the mask token marijuana smoking dude, you know, he's still getting the job done. Joey Bosa is a, he say what you want, rookie impact player. Four sacks in five games. And then you add cornerback Casey Howard is tied for the NFL interceptions lead with five. And Melvin Ingram has five sacks from the outside linebacker position. And Ryan Tannehill sucks. So, you know, this is not a tough one to pick. The only thing, I I, I can't even say that because Miami's not even home. This game's in San Diego. San Diego, I think, wins. Not only that, I think they win big. Because, if, but, but here's one thing. San Diego, if you don't stop the run you, and you lose this game, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to put any more trust in this football team. Just not going to do it. I picked them to finish second in this division, and they should, but they can't close out games in the first half of the season. So start closing out games and stop the obvious attack because let Ryan Tannehill beat you somehow in the air. Okay, Ryan Tannehill's not a good quarterback in the NFL. Look at his stats. Forget his pedigree. Forget what, you know, how hot his wife is, which, by the way, good God. Guess what? He is not a good quarterback in the NFL. In fact, Miami needs to find a new quarterback to start for this football team. And if they don't, They get what they deserve, which is an average football team year in, year out with this guy playing at the quarterback position. So you you got 
it can't be the armpit of the NFL. And that's really kind of what the Miami Dolphins are with Ryan Tannehill. They're the armpit of the – mark that. Obviously, it's got to be the Browns being the armpit. Man, man, they're on, they could be on the other side, arguably be on the other side. So that one, that one's an interesting game to watch for a few minutes as you'll probably get that one on Red Zone as well. Let's head into the next game that we're going to talk about. Another bad football game with two bad football teams. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because we're going to break down. We're going to talk about the Dallas Cowboys here in a moment. But San Francisco 1-7, Cardinals 3-4. Cardinals at home. I have the Cardinals. Next game. That tells you something. We're not even going to talk about it. San Francisco has just got awful. Seattle, New England. Seattle is 5-2 and two and 1. God, I hate the 1. But New England, they're 7-1. and one. New England's won four games in a row. Seattle got back on the winning side last week. And when you look at a game like this, this one here is going to be a good one. And you know, I, you know, the Legion of Boom is, is exactly what it is. It's a, it's more of a fairy tale. I'm so sick of them. I, I'm, I'm sick of them. And I'm glad they get Tom Brady and the Patriots. Wipe that smirk off of their faces. Take the swagger out of their walk because they don't have it. It is an imitation this year, and I say this year because they're not as good as they always have been. Say what you want, but they are not as good as they have been in the past. So if you're a Seattle Seahawks fan, you go cross-country, number one, that's a negative. You get the Patriots, that's a negative. You get Tom Brady quite possibly playing the best football of his career, that's not good for you. And a defense, really in reality, I think could stop the Seattle Seahawks. Now, that having been said, it's been two years since Malcolm Butler picked off Russell Wilson's you know goal line thing. And so that's two years ago. That's all in history. I don't talk history on this show because it's irrelevant to this year, especially one play. But. It's always nice to think about if you're a butler, right? <laughs> you think about it, you know, yeah, I stopped these teams. And, and guess what? This is a Patriots team is not afraid of anybody, okay? The game they lost, they didn't, have, they didn't have Tom Brady in the game, so I don't care. They went 3-1 in the stretch without him. Who cares? Tom Brady has been hit one-fourth less than any NFL quarterback in the NFL this year. Don't care. So the fact of the matter is, is that when you look at this game, you got a quarterback who is, you know, really just kind of warming up right now. He's played four games and he's been awesome. And when Tom Brady is awesome, he's awesome for the whole season. Now, you can say whatever you want about this game, okay? However, this is the right time for this game, okay? Sunday night football. This is the game. 
Now the NFL gets smart and gets some teams up there and he gets it. So that having been said, three-game uh, lead in the AFC East for the Patriots and their favorite to really go to win the AFC all the way and head to the Super Bowl. Um, so Seattle, they're coming off a 31-25 Monday night football win over against the Buffalo Bills. That doesn't impress me, by the way. They should beat the Buffalo Bills. And they, they snapped a two-game winning streak of the Buffalo Bills. So, while Seattle, you know, they get that victory and it, it's, you know, New England, you know, coming out of a bye week and it's still pretty much without saying. The Patriots are 12-4 and four under Bill Belichick and Tom Brady coming out of the bye. The day of the last game was also against Buffalo. Both these teams beat Buffalo last time they played. Jamie Collins is gone. He's in Cleveland. All the news. I mean, geez. Then election day came. And then all of a sudden it's about Tom Brady talking about Donald Trump. Is, is see, football players are too stupid to be talking. And even Tom Brady. And I don't think he's stupid more so than he was just stupid to answer the question. Um, so I don't know who cares, but here's one of the things that the Patriots love what appears to be off the field controversy because it never really affects them as a football team. So you can say whatever you want, but, uh, Pete Carroll has got to figure out how to beat Bill Belichick. And Pete Carroll used to be a former New England coach. So, say what you want. I mean, I'm not sure what kind of uh, things that would go there. But uh, this football game is more people talking about the election more than anything. And it really doesn't have to do with football. And only one player on one side is answering the question um, for the Patriots. And then coaches and everybody else are talking about uh, the election. This is just not a good day for Seattle. In reality, to fly across country. Because their quarterback situation, say whatever you want. I, I let everybody know there's a problem. And that was before the problem came by because I was watching the performance of this guy. Then all of a sudden they're talking about an injury, which I knew he had, but no one would want to talk about. So to me, there's a difference. To me, when you got a guy, he's got to bring his A game. And I hate to say this, okay? But it wouldn't surprise me if the Patriots went after this guy's knee or leg or ankle, all three, to try to hurt Russell Wilson. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, the Patriots don't care what's written about them. 
they can be called the dirty team. They can call the flake gate. They can call spy gate. They really gives a rat's big fat butt about it. And you know what? They, you know, if you want to throw a bounty on top of that, hey, listen right now. Russell Wilson's got a bounty on that injury. And everybody knows it's on the legs. And every Patriot will take an extra tweak, an extra turn. And they're not afraid to play dirty. Reason why they're the best team in the NFL. And they're going to be 8 and 1 after today, and the Seahawks will drop to 5 and 3 and 1. Game on Monday night Cincinnati, New York Jets, don't want to, or Giants, don't want to spend a lot of time on it. 3 4 and 1 are the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay, last time they're out there tight, the Giants are at home. They've won three in a row. They're going to win again, which takes me to the important game of the week here, right here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, uh, because we're in the Dallas area, because people listen, my locs want to know what's going on with the Dallas Cowboys. So it's time for that one. Seven and one, first in the NFC East. Steelers, four and four. They're second in the AFC North. And this is more, like I said at the top of the show, that the Steelers need this game more than the Dallas Cowboys need it. However, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, this right here will cement whether or not Tony Romo will ever play a game in the NFL. Now, should uh, uh, for the Cowboys, it should have been the Packers game. But looking at where the Packers are, As far as their record is concerned, it's the same as the Steelers, but the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cowboys, they got that history. And that's why it's important. That history, Super Bowl histories together. Okay. So this one right here, if Dak Prescott gets this, Tony Romo is washed. He's done. He won't see the field unless somehow Dak Prescott gets hurt. And then you got to depend on the Tony Romo coaster to try to get you through. Um, he won't see the football field if the, Cowboys beat the Steelers. They will be 8-1, and one, and I'm going to tell you right now, this town will – you talk about the riots, about the, the, the elections. I don't know how Cowboys riot, to be honest, but there will be a riot. And looking, looking at this game, as far as its importance – there is no question that this game right here is Super Bowl caliber and a test for the Dallas Cowboys. Listen, forget the fact that the Cowboys and Steelers have 16 appearances and 11 victories between the two of them going to the Super Bowl. Okay, Don't you forget that. Okay, because we're talking about this year. And these two, two, these two teams don't like each other. And this goes back to 2012. Okay, it's been almost four years since the Dallas Cowboys um, and the Pittsburgh Steelers went toe-to-toe in a game that was eventually won by the Dallas Cowboys by three, a field goal. So the Cowboys, seven and one, doing well this season. You can't argue it. Since that opener against the New York Giants that they should have won, or at least had an opportunity to win in overtime, if they could have got there, obviously, with the Dan Bailey uh, kick, it should have been there. 
Now, the Steelers, they have a 4-4 four four record. The record's not there. Um, but they've dropped three games straight. So Pittsburgh, right now, when they take on the Dallas Cowboys, it's for bragging rights at a minimum. But what could be on stake right here for the Pittsburgh Steelers? A wild card. This game right here could be a wild card game for the Pittsburgh Steelers if they can't win that division. That's why it's important to the Steelers. That's the reason why if the Cowboys lose this game, you can't get mad, guys. I mean, and I love my Dallas Cowboy fans. Obviously, I live right here, and I know my Dallas Cowboy fans love this team. But I would be shocked if they win this game, not because they don't have the talent to win this game. It's the situation at hand. Now, the question will be is will their head coach have control of their football team? And I'm talking about, of course, Tomlin being able to lead this team to get this victory. And say what you want. The Cowboys have been the surprise of the NFL. And if if you think differently, you just not. The Eagles were a surprise until they started losing football games. This here is the surprise of the NFL. Seven games in a row. When's the last time Dallas Cowboys won seven games in a row? But when you look at this game, having two weapons, Ezekiel Elliott, as well as Dak Prescott, and if you can somehow manage the head case that is Des Bryant, you got a one, two, three punch that is going to be hard to beat. And one thing I like about Dak Prescott is is that he, I think he just told Des, listen, I'll get you the ball when I damn well give it to you. Until then, shut your mouth. I'm the quarterback of this Dallas Cowboys football team. More so when he talks to, to Tony Romo, Tony says, okay, I'll get you the ball. I think that's what's going on, by the way. I may be wrong. Some people say, Sonny, you know what? I think that's what's going on down there. So uh, Ezekiel Elliott leads the NFL in rushing, and he is on pace to break Eric Dickerson's rookie mark, 1,808 yards. He's on pace to break it. And say whatever you want. Prescott has pretty much ran Tony Romo out of town. Tony Romo, whether it's a fraction in the back, whether it's uh, two shoulders, whether it be an ankle or whatever the case may be, he is stellar. How about this, folks? 2,020 yards, 12 touchdowns, only two interceptions. This team is 7-1, should be 8-0. Now, comes the distraction. Romo, return to practice. Jerry Jones, Jason Garrett, has been working on this quote-unquote workload so they can be encouraged about the 36-year-old's progress. I'm going to tell you right now, whoever the final decision it is, okay, whoever finally starts Tony Romo over Dak Prescott has got a lot of answering of questions to do. And Jason Carrot, the the king of the political correct answer, oh, we just have to see where Tony Romo is. 
uh, Tony E practiced for four days over the last couple of weeks, and uh, he's been involved with parts of the practice. And you know, uh, each of these guys, you know, bring what they bring. You know, two different guys with two different ways to look at things, and uh, we'll do something similar with them today in practice. And uh, hopefully, you know, uh, you know, looking at the uh, the starts for this game and things of that sort, it will be a game time decision. There's no decision, folks. If it's not Dak Prescott, um, this is stupid. Dak Prescott, and, and, and especially if they win today. And, and I'm not picking them because I want to pick against the Dallas Cowboys. I'm just saying where the Steelers are, the importance of this game, and what this game means to them, especially when it comes to a playoff, you know, tiebreaker situation. I think the Steelers have got to get that. I'm going to tell you right now, I would probably, if this game didn't have the magnitude of the situation that the Pittsburgh Steelers are in, in right now, I would pick the Dallas Cowboys to win this game. The fact of the matter is, though, is, is what it is. Okay. Romo's going to be active, okay, but I'm going to tell you right now, reports on Friday said that he won't be active. He's going to be active. Prescott's going to start. Romo is listed as questionable on in the injury report. So, but he's going to be in uniform, and I don't know. Here's what I'm going to tell you. I don't know Tony Romo. But I don't even think Tony Romo has enough balls to say, okay, I want my job back. They're 8 1. And I'm sorry. This team would, oh, they're 7 1. They would not be 7 1 with Tony Romo at quarterback. Now, you can, you can ask the question who's the better quarterback, and you would be wrong if you said Dak Prescott. But I will tell you this. Dak Prescott is the best quarterback for this team. Why? Because he's job chemi- It's all about chemistry. He's got great chemistry with this football team. Players want to play for this guy. Players, and they're seven and one. So, what can help them win this game today, though? All right. I'm going to tell you, 13 penalties last week, the Pittsburgh Steelers not disciplined, not being able to do what they got to do in order to win football games. Now, Roethlisberger coming off of an injury, you know, he isn't great coming off injuries, but the second week afterwards, you got to be careful, Tony. You got to be careful of uh, Big Ben coming off of the second week off of injuries. Now, this is what these are just the numbers. The Steelers' offense: thirty-two point six points a game in three home games. Roethlisberger started the season in those three games. He has thrown twelve touchdown passes to only two interceptions in those games at home. That is the reason why. But here's one of the things that they got to do is they got to get aggressive on the offensive side of the ball. They have got to be able to do what they got to do in order to come out and get the victory. And I think that they do that. But here's the thing. The Dallas defense, I'm going to tell you, they fly under the radar when it comes to defense. Rob Marinelli and that defense, okay, get this. 
they've only allowed a 100-yard rusher or a 100-yards receiver this year, okay? Rod Marinelli's defense is the only one that hasn't allowed it. It ranks in the top 10 in total defense, only giving up 332 yards per game. Dallas is also one of the first defenses in the NFL that has only allowed no more than 23 points in any game, any game this season. And they're doing it without Barry Church and without Morris Claiborne, who all remain sidelined for the Dallas Cowboys on the defensive side of the ball. So Roethlisberger, okay, if he has an, he's got another week up under his belt, his knees strengthening, and Antonio Brown a little bit more time to practice with him, you know. And now Brown had a high game of seven receptions, eighty-five yards, twenty-three-yard touchdown against Baltimore last week, okay. But the Steelers' offense has to be clicking though, because if they are not clicking, this could this could be a game that they can lose, and they can't, they can't afford to lose it. Eli Rogers, six receptions, 103 yards last week. That might be his guy if Antonio Brown can't get the job done. Le'Veon Bell, he's going to have to try to keep up with Ezekiel Elliott on the other side of the football field. 70 yards against the Ravens, Bell will surpass Willie Parker, second in most yards from scrimmage in you know, Steelers' uh, first four years. Whoop to do. He just has to get out there and figure out how he can be a positive. They got to get Bell in the passing game, get him out of the backfield, let him get out in the open field. And here's one of the biggest ones is Marky Pouncey has got to be ready to go on Sunday. And right now that appears to be the case. The three-time pro bowler, a center, okay? He dislocated a thumb on the second play from scrimmage on Sunday's game, okay? So instead of going to the surgery, they say he's ready to play. So Pouncey says he's 100%. People are making a bigger deal of what, what it is. Uh, he just wants to go out and play football. So the Steelers also get good news on the injury front as well as they get Bud Dupree back. He had surgery uh, before the season to repair a sports hernia. He practiced Wednesday for the first time since training camp. He could be in there. He could be ready to go. The only thing about this is it's too important game. I don't think he put Dupree out there coming back, and he has no experience out on the football field right now. I don't think you put him in there. Running back D'Angelo Williams, he had the knee surgery early this week. Um, they are going to the backup. Uh, it's going to be Toussaint handling that. I picked the Steelers, not because I don't think that they should win the, they should win the game. There's too many things on the other side for the Steelers that have to happen for them to remain in contention for the playoffs. I think the Steelers are going to make the playoffs, and I think this game is going to be key to it. If this game was earlier, I'd pick the Dallas Cowboys. I really would. Obviously, if this game was in Dallas, I'd pick it. The fact that they're playing this in Heinz Field also is not good for the Dallas Cowboys. So don't be upset if they don't win this game. It's not the biggest deal in the world. Not the biggest deal. And, and, and Dallas Cowboy fans, you got to be happy even if they lose this game. They're seven. If they're seven and two, my God. After after nine games, seven and two. Wow. 
They're seven and one right now. I, I'm still in shock over the fact that this football team's seven and one. They've lost one game. One game. And, and you can't tell me that the fact that this football team should be 8-0 is not an indication. Imagine if they won that game, they'd be 8-0, and if they took this loss, God, who would really care? But that one loss, that one loss difference makes a big difference. Makes a big, big difference because of the standings. The Dallas Cowboys, they really need this game. They need to be 8-1 because if New York does beat the Bengals on Monday Night Football, they'll improve to 6-3. and three. The Dallas Cowboys will be 7-2. and two. A two-game victory, uh, a margin, I don't think it's going to be good enough because of November and December and the importance of those games within those times. In order for them to stay good through the season, they have got to have a good December. I, I don't mind if they don't drop, if they drop this game in November, that's fine. If, even if they drop next week's game in November, who cares? December is the important month for the Dallas Cowboys in order for them to be as good as they're going to be. I mean, you can lose these games. You can lose this game. I'm not sure who they play next week, but uh, who cares? December is going to be a big part of it because the New York Giants, and don't forget about the Washington Redskins. If they decide that they're going to try to rip off some games and get some victories, you know, they're 3-1-1 in the last five, okay? Okay, they're basically four and one last five games. So you can't mark out the Washington Redskins. This is still an open division. And if the Eagles win, like I think they're gonna win today, that's gonna be that, that's gonna be something else that is gonna be interesting. So I don't know. That's how we got it going on here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. That's gonna do it for us. I hope everybody has a good day. Everybody, take care. And next Sunday, we'll be back up on air. Absolutely. We're not going to miss any time. We're going to be, we are going to be right here and filling everybody in with everything that they need to know. So that's going to do it for us here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Everybody have a good day. Bye-bye.